0: Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Phantom. enemies the phantom's always there But you won't find the
1: phantom He finds you G'day everyone And for those of you who have come in late You're listening to X-Ban, the phantom podcast This is episode 106, Comics and News My name is Steve and I'm joined today by Jermaine, g'day Jermaine, how are you going?
2: How you going, mate?
1: Not too bad and of course, Dan's here. He's just come back from uh, visiting his local comic shop, Kaboom Comics. How are you going there, Dan?
3: Yeah, I'm excellent, uh, Steve. And Jermaine, uh, good to meet you. Meet you. Good to be with you guys again. <laughs> it feels like a while since we've recorded. We've uh, been busy with life and all the rest of it. But uh, yes, yes, pleased to be here.
1: Yeah, being teachers, it's been a very, very busy time of the year. But um, getting to mm. the nice, stressless time of the year right now. Absolutely, okay?
3: yeah, which is good.
2: And it's nice. and yeah. I was just going to say, you know, thanks for everyone. I know a lot of people were eager for podcasts while we were a little bit quietish during the month of October and November. Um, we are looking at ways so that won't happen again next year as well. So, um, just, yeah, please be patient with us.
3: And, and I am pleased that uh, you, you mentioned Kaboom Comics there, um, Steve, because I have been in and talked to Todd about uh, Christmas gifts and that sort of thing for the family, and turns out that they sell many things, not just Phantom Comics. So, um, I was able to hook up my boy with some spider-man gear and on uh, all, all manner of other um, comic book characters who knew um, yeah so anyone anyone who's interested in uh, certainly picking up some phantom comics or or anything else from the marvel or the DC universes he's actually got quite a, a range of indie comics as well and uh, can order pretty much anything you like so if you're keen on uh, picking up some well, it's probably going to be very late to, to get christmas presents but maybe you can buy yourself a little boxing Day present or something um, if, you, if you're if you listening to this one, just hit up Kaboom Comics in Toowoomba at kaboomcomicsaustralia.com or uh, via the social medias as well. And thanks again to Todd and Kaboom for their support. Yeah,
1: very good. You, met, you yes. mentioned Spider-Man. This is a bit of a tangent. My um, my young one, he's real, Already? Keen on... <laughs> he's real keen on seeing that new Spider-Man movie. Why can't the Phantom get a cool animated movie uh. like him? maybe,
2: maybe, maybe there has been a couple of little uh, little sneak peeks of uh, King Features uh, kind of getting into the act. Great segue there, Stephen. <laughs> um, totally not <laughs> on the script, but not we'll trailer, go there the anyway. Um, but uh, Flash Gordon has uh, been announced uh, that they're getting a movie, and they've... Um, Got themselves a director, and uh, interestingly, uh, King Features is actually going to be part of the uh, producers. I think mm. it is, so they're actually directly involved with that, which is good. Now, I'm not sure if people remember, but this is going back probably five plus years. There was a new, there was an article from King Features. Um, saying that they had created a new uh, job title of like digital, something to do with digital, um, which was to help them get into the digital world a little bit more. And we saw a couple of mobile phone games with Flash and uh, Betty Boop and a couple of others. So now then we've seen the uh, Flash Gordon movie, and then we've seen the Popeye as well has been getting a new uh, TV series, web series, and some new comics as well. So um you know so there's some news from king features so no fandom yet but maybe maybe surely (laughs) surely surely Um, but it's it's good yeah it's good that king features are actually doing something
1: Hmm. and it sounds like um dan that you haven't just been to comic shops either you're sounding nice and clear (laughs)
3: <laughs> I hope so. Um, I hope so, because uh, I have been hearing that I don't sound nice and clear. and I, Well, I know that I haven't been, because I've been spending a fair bit of time in the editing suite trying to get the sound better, and it hasn't been working. So I've lashed out and bought a new microphone tonight. So uh, from here on in, it's your fault if you can't hear me correctly.
1: <laughs> Hopefully it all works out well.
3: Um will yeah, see.
1: Now, we are coming to the end of 2018. We've only got a couple of weeks left. So we've got the best of 2018 survey uh, is that coming out soon? It's not out yet, fellas.
3: Not yet. Just waiting on the cover art for the Christmas special, really, oh, to course, see yes. what uh, to to make sure that that can be involved for the best of fruit covers. Yep. Um We already know so what the stories are after so that this was...
1: week. Yeah. Yeah, the, that,
3: that's that's right. Twenty is on
1: the twentieth. So, um,
3: mm, but as we're recording, that's not available.
1: No, nah, we've still got a couple of days before that before that is. So, mm. but um, hopefully, but well, depending on how quick of a turnaround this is. Um, will depend on if the survey's already out or if it's still coming out, I guess. <laughs> Correct.
3: So
2: um,
1: go to, go to chroniclechamber.com to check
3: if the survey's there. We'll, yeah. oh, we'll also uh, advertise
2: go it. To the, go to um, uh, Fru's website. It's out. Oh, there oh, you go. The,
3: oh, there you go. Okay, the so the survey will, Cover the survey will Jeff, come in.
2: Jeff Weigel.
3: Oh, oh really? That's interesting. Right,
2: it's got a... Uh, a um, what do you call it? A, uh, the Phantom's got an ugly sweater.
3: <laughs> oh, Really?
1: And Gino are laughing their head off.
3: It's did a Christmas special. I love it. Uh,
1: did you hear about the annual special? I think I read this somewhere. About it being a Rex-focused no. fo- uh, one. Where'd you hear that? Hmm. I'm sure I read it in a message to the publisher or something. I, mean, you
3: know,
1: ah. I was reading something. I'm sure I read it. Interesting. Just today. No, I haven't
2: read that one, mate. You're, you're ahead of us on that one. Oh,
1: Well, yeah. now I've got to look. Hang on.
3: I'm anyway, just looking we'll, at that cover art, we'll and it is
2: eh?
3: that—that's sensational. I'm so stoked that we've got another Christmas-themed cover, and I hope this is a tradition now that we, we keep going. I'm not gonna—I'll stop pushing my barrow, but just a big <laughs> thumbs up to <laughs> everyone involved. Sensational.
2: All right. So should we? Um,
3: well, we uh, we're well, now ten we? minutes in, and we haven't addressed a single thing on the run sheet. We, <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's awesome. The kids are having a wow of a time.
3: And the ugly sweater, what a brilliant idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> has it got a back cover? I'm not sure yeah. how practical I'm not sure okay. how
2: practical a uh a fan sweater like that will be in the jungle, but uh...
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well you have to All be in right. New York a fair bit. It gets cold over there, doesn't
3: it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Quick guess, which oh, character on Rex the front? And... Sorry, which ca- on? on the back cover. The is
2: on the back cover um, and Captain oh, I'm assuming sure that's probably Captain Lara. Yes. Uh then you got Old Man Moz cracking a joke and you got Hero peering through and then you got the Christmas decorations on the palm trees
3: alright so of those characters which one gave the Phantom the Christmas uh, <laughs> sweater
2: I don't know Diana doesn't look too impressed <laughs> <laughs> she's like I hope you're not going to be wearing that when we're out in New York <laughs> I reckon it was the Twins. And then, uh, Heloise has got little Christmas earrings.
1: Yeah. Oh, Here, that's yeah. awesome. Here it is. Dudley's oh, actually, la- but if last response in the fandom forum. Sorry, I just, I knew I was right. Just wait which, you um, to you see our New Year Rex special.
3: Which issue? Uh,
1: 1827. Glenn okay. Lumsden's oh, cover I... just, just takes my breath away. So, there we go. Oh. Who's cover? Uh, Glenn. Glenn Lumsden.
3: Cool. I missed the forum letters in 1827. I have to go
1: back and read those. Yeah, I'll just read Well, there those. you go.
3: Listeners, you've heard you've heard us discovering live um, news <laughs> and uh, looking at colour issues
1: and stuff. Uh, there you go. Anyway,
3: yeah. So speaking now, of Christmas, Stephen, what, yep. what are we as Chronicle Chamber doing for Christmas?
1: What are we doing for Christmas? Good, good question. I need to go back to the run sheet and see what we're doing for Christmas. <laughs> We've been discussing it for three weeks. I've been busy for three weeks. I really, you, you, do you got, do you even work? The amount no, of messages the that they, they go ding, ding, ding all through the um, all through the day. Think, what the hell's going on? Um, what are we doing? Oh, I thought we went. No, nah, we're not going to give that to them right now. They can wait to the end of the podcast to uh, to find out the Christmas present oh. that we're giving them. Is that okay. what you're talking about?
3: Okay, yes, but, yes, but you can say, we can say that we are giving them a Christmas
1: present. Yeah, yeah, we're going to give, we're going to give loyal listeners, you, you, you're getting a Christmas present, but uh, being the season for surprises, you have to wait until the end, we're not going to give that out straight away, so stay tuned, hopefully we can, um, we, we've started slow, but we're, we're aiming to be done in 90 minutes, so... Uh, right.
2: How long have we been recording for? We haven't even discussed the first, the first point on the thing. And <laughs> this is all down to you because you're the one you're the one doing the run sheet.
1: Okay. Well, I think I'm right. Yes, okay. Let's keep this going. So very important news. We've, we've had some... Well, so I'm, comics and news is what we're doing, I've, isn't
3: I've it? Had,
1: it is not its comics and news that we're doing now. We've had a very um, a light and jovial oh, opening. It's been great. And that was all just a ploy to get you all butted up for some bad news, and the bad news is that Phantom Mint has been cancelled. Um, this news is oh, it's at least a month month old now, so I don't think anyone should be shocked about it. Um, but uh, dare, uh, dare to say that people weren't very happy about it. Um, anything further on this, fellas?
2: No, I think while people weren't happy, I don't think people were too surprised. Yeah. Um, uh, like, we've, like, We've, we I think we did two articles and we did a couple of posts and stuff all about it. We did um some Met, regular readers and I think every single one of them was like oh, I wasn't surprised but I'm still sad. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's the regular so let's just re, uh, let's just I guess reiterate some important points. That it's the Norwegian regular comic that's been cancelled, not the Sweden one. Sweden one and whatever Sweden does, which is Phantom Men with an N on the end instead of an T on the end. Uh, so Phantom Men, i.e. Sweden is still going. Phantom Met, the regular magazine, has been cancelled. Uh, from all the new, all the the scuttlebutt that's been going around around the water cooler and stuff like that, it looks like the um, that they're still going to be producing comics. All of their like their. Um, What do you call it? It's kind of like their version of our replica series, Um, but in hardcover and stuff like that. And then they're supposed to be doing trade paperbacks regularly or semi-regular as well. So Phantom Met will still be around, but just not the regular regular series. It's sad, but it's um, not surprising.
3: Mm. No, and... It, it is really disappointing to hear that um, that there's a language now. I guess uh, Norwegian is not going to have its regular comics, and it, it, that is really disappointing to hear. And it's a step backwards, obviously, for for the Phantom. Um, Norway Norway has a, a, a smaller population to that of Australia, um, but you know it's comparable comparable market in many ways. And so for it to be losing uh, losing its its language is is really sad for um that audience yep. of course and I know that they can subscribe to the the Swedish version but it, you know it's a different language it's not and, and lots of those guys are going to be bilingual I get that but it's still it is it's uh, very sad very disappointing and it's it's not a great sign um, no terribly. well
2: the phantoms only regularly published in two countries now and that's Sweden and um Australia mm um yes there's other publications, i.e. if the US and Ireland, but we're talking about regular, you know, weekly or bi weekly where um uh where yeah, where the others are kind of sporadically. Um and I guess it's also probably a good wake up call for um Australian viewers in the sense that, you know, um you know, even I guess is not immune to Dwindling sales and rising costs and stuff like that as well.
1: Mm, yeah, mm. as um, as Dudley mentioned in um, one of the latest issues, I think it was the latest issue. Um, there'd be a price rise of twenty-five cents come the new year, mm. and um, you oh, did. Wow,
2: that's going to really. <laughs> 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 um, so it's not
1: a major price rise, of course. No, um, but um, and you did a little bit of research into this, Dan. You 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 crunched some numbers.
3: Yeah, and and that was a really interesting exercise. I sort of thought it would be cool to produce a graph to show how fruits have risen in cost over time. And it was fascinating to see that um, through the 1980s in particular, from about 77, 78 through to 87, 88, um, the, the price began to rise almost exponentially if you just look at the cover price. And then Jim Shepard came in, and he sort of—I think it was about a dollar twenty-five. He must have walked in the door and gone, "Right, we're setting it at a dollar and then it stayed that way for a decade, which was uh, pretty amazing. But um, I think when I when I looked deeper at it and looked at you know inflation and relative relative worth of um, what that dollar fifty could buy you in 2018. Um, it's very comparable, and basically, Fru's have stayed the same price really since with regard to inflation um, since about the late 1980s, which is an amazing feat for them. And uh, for them to go from $3.50 now to $3.75 is it's not nothing, but it's um, pretty minimal. And when you consider that there hasn't been a price rise since, I think, 2012, I don't have it in front of me, but that off the top of my head. So that's um, you know six or seven years. There wouldn't be many items that you could buy anywhere that haven't gone up in price in that time. And um, so to be expected. And um, to be fair, again, when you, t- when you talk about fans' reactions, what I've seen on social media is more people being understanding of that rather than anyone being too upset about it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it's three dollars seventy five. It, it, it's still great value for money in in my book, um, and yeah, you, you can't knock them for the publication costs. Um, you know that's going to happen. Well, uh, what
2: can you buy for three seventy five those days?
1: Well, I don't drink coffee, but I, I don't even think you drink a, you can get a coffee for that. No, can you?
3: no, you wouldn't get a cup of coffee for that. You, yeah, you can't get a pot of not as not much as.
2: What, how much does a a, a movie on Netflix cost? Well, Netflix, or, you know, or one enough. of those. No, but like, you know, like one of those type of um, programs and stuff like that.
1: Well, if you listen to that but, Cineflix know, uh, podcast, it costs about seven bucks or something, doesn't it? Mm. To get something off, yeah. off um, iTunes. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's still uh, excellent value for money.
3: It really is. And look, if you look at the trends, um, certainly over the last 30 to 40 years, they they've sort of done a couple of jump price rises and then held it for a little while. Um, so I, it probably wouldn't be a huge surprise if Fru did another little jump in twelve or eighteen months or something like that. But um, yeah. again, uh, the prices that we're talking at is not um, it's not huge anyway. So
1: no, um, agree. Okay. Next on the list, we have the Jack and Jones shirts. You guys have been going nuts about this over the last couple of weeks. Um, I haven't even bothered. Well, we're not this. the only ones no, that have gone nuts about those. Of, there's not a chance are going to fit me, so I've, I've stayed out of the conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Indian,
2: uh, uh, the Indian physique is not the same as the Australian the, um, physique. Yeah. <laughs> Every, every time there's like a size, i started. Dan's like, oh, I might be able to fit that. I think he started off at a 46 and he's gone down to like a 36. <laughs>
1: well,
2: and, and so he's been visiting the smaller just so he can fit in it. Oh, mate.
3: Because um, when, you, when, you, when you talk sizing like that, you're talking about button-up shirts, and I think that's the particular <laughs> shirt that has got everyone excited, um, the uh, the black and white stripped shirt. There's uh, there's a number of T-shirts available as well, or, or were available back in 2016 that... Um, <laughs> we've, I guess, missed the boat on a little bit, but um, it's not so much the T-shirts that people are chasing, it's that button-up shirt that uh, has really got people excited.
2: Mate, well, you can go to a Leaf Fork, you know, an Olympic uh, dinner, or you can go to a wedding or something like that, and, you know, you can get away with it. It'll be
3: great. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost going to be um, embarrassing at the next Leaf Fork dinner. Um, I think everybody who does manage to source a shirt will wear it. So um, there could be anywhere between zero and Half a dozen or a dozen people all wearing the same shirt. <laughs> so you, you're, you're rolling the dice. They're you're all, it, wear it
1: all wearing the same jewellery, so why not wear the same? Yeah. <laughs> True.
3: The, the good,
2: the good thing about blokes though is that you know if uh, if you bump into someone and they're wearing the same uh, shirt or something, you're like a long lost brother. Unlike the uh, unlike <laughs> if you're uh, a bunch of girls and you're wearing the same outfit, you end up in a catfight fight or something <laughs> like that. So it's probably a good
1: thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've got a Superman shirt. And um, someone else, i remember, you know, bumping into someone else's wearing a Superman shirt, and they say, "Oh yeah, cool shirt." Said, yeah, but you know what this means, don't you? And they go, "What? One of us is lying." <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, the beauty of these shirts, and it is really nice to see these Jack and Jones shirts because they've they've got a new spin on what has been the the traditional designs that have come out of the King Features um, style guide, I suppose. They've done their own thing yeah. to a, with them to a degree. So I think that's part of what sparked everyone's attention too, is it's, mm. it's, a, it's a different design. It's something we haven't seen before. And certainly the uh, the use of the comic strips on the shirts, um, it, it's not overstated. And I think from a distance you might just think it's a black and white check shirt sort of thing, and it, it's only as mm. you get closer that you realise um, what it is. So, yeah. So anyway, it, it would seem, Jermaine, that it, they're really hard to get a hold of. So good luck to yes. anyone who has had a look at the website and uh, read the article and has gone, right, I really want to get one of those. Well, good luck to anybody who can because uh, there's a number of people chasing him. It doesn't sound like there's very many of them out there.
2: No, there's, um, yeah. And I think one of the problems was, is I was talking to um, uh, a CC friend. Um, Jack and Jones is more of a, like, a, um, like the younger generations style type of shop. So oh, yeah. most Indian fandom fans are of the older generation, and so they wouldn't normally be seen in a shop like that. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that might be one of the reasons why it didn't really um, uh, get much traction, mm. um, which is a pity um, mm. because um, I like them. I like the yellow mm. shirt, and uh, there's a lot of there's great... Level of detail and care put into them, with mm. the tag and the little uh, good mark, little um, uh, cloth embossed thing on the you know towards the bottom and and stuff mm. like that. So um yeah, I, yeah so... I at the time of recording, I am led to believe
3: that I have one. So I will be wearing right. it to <laughs> the to the dinner. Very good, very good. Well, they're not. Um, you you need to get your own team CC friend. I think listeners, if you want to get one, because you've got. Uh, you need to probably find someone on the ground in India because they're not on the internet anywhere to be found. And, yes. uh, and unless suddenly news gets out and a uh, a savvy entrepreneurial Indian um, goes and snaps up a whole bunch physically and then starts putting them up on eBay, um, I don't know that we're going to see them.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens.
3: Oh, I've got my fingers crossed it does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, something that we do hope that we see um, next year is the board game. We, um, if you listen to episode 104, which was our interview with Dal McCanty, he um, mentioned a few things, how that's traveling along. It says here we've got an update on the website. Um, who's doing yes. the update? Yep.
2: Yep. So basically it's just recapping what was said in the uh, episode. If you're too lazy to listen to it, you can have a read of it. Um, so it just kind of goes over and it will be, you know, a good refresher of what to expect um, and stuff like that. So yeah.
1: so, yeah. Recommend listening to the podcast because you can do that while you're driving. It's probably not good to read the website while you're driving. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: no. Okay. Otherwise, you might get pulled up by the cops. Isn't that right, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: don't I wasn't even reading anything.
3: You were recording a podcast recording while you po- were pulled up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not listening to a podcast, recording a podcast.
1: What the hell? That did sound good when I um, when I went back and listened to that. That was uh, that was good chuckle. Okay, um, that's all the news. It is news that we've got um, in front of us. Now we have some comics to review. Now this um, we're not going to really review this first one. It's probably it's kind of like a, a an in between comics and and news thing. No, I, thought we'd, I
2: thought we I thought we discussed we're going to review it, and then we'll probably because With I beef. thought that's what we agreed at. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because we've we oh.
2: we've got. We're, okay. All right, right. The story behind why we're going to do this, just so people are aware, because normally the daily and Sunday stories we wait until it comes into a free comic. But um, we were we had a great discussion. Well, Stephen was working. We thought we um, did. <laughs> <laughs> and we've kind of from some feedback from listeners. And looking at some stats, which has kind of backed up what the feedback was, we've decided that when a daily and a Sunday finishes, we're going to review it. And then when it comes out into a free comic, we'll probably do the same.
0: Mm. Oh, right, yeah. So
2: it may get reviewed twice, but it just it's just because some people who listen to this don't... We'll read the dailies and Sundays as they come out and don't actually read them in a free yeah. comic. So right. and that's why and we've uh, decided to
3: do that. So and again, we talked about being published all over the world. The, the daily at least does get published globally via the internet or in yes. lots of newspapers. So. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, of course, we're talking about uh, the daily 250, the 250th daily. I'm guessing that's why the number's there. Kids Yes. <laughs> kits letter home so after the one of the longest stories in in uh recent memory um with the nomads reckoning we left new york and headed over to the himalayas where kit was writing a letter home um it's exactly what the um what the title says um and it, it was nice like it only went what a couple of weeks was it a did it last a month or was it just about Four. 3 weeks 4 weeks 4 yeah, weeks so um so he's written the letter, knowing full well that he will he can't send it home, um, and I think it's just it's a nice thing to like it's probably for your own um, sanity really, um, to you know it's like keeping a diary or something like that, um, just writing these things down, and giving that connection back to home. Um, so I, I thought this was a, this was a nice little. Um, yeah, a breather in between the, the, the Reckoning story or the Nomad story which went straight as soon as the, the uh, Kitzler home was finished went straight back into it from exactly where it mm. left off which was inter- interesting because this story is obviously set months, if not a year or so into the future like there's time you know, he writes in the letter how he saw ages ago about something on the news you know, that's got to be Dad doing stuff and really of course it was heloise as we all know
0: so mm.
1: there's a been a, a time jump into the future then with time jump back it's and which mm. i don't mind. I, I, yeah i probably is it a think, time jump
3: i didn't think the time jump was that dramatic and and maybe i've misread it. maybe he did he did say you oh, how ages ago i saw it on the tv but i, I almost thought the reason he wrote the letter was because he'd seen the um, the yeah. thing on the news and it was almost yeah time jump of maybe a few days I probably didn't see it being months or a year into the future
1: see I think because of his I think he's physically getting bigger like he's a, a physical... oh there's no doubt about that yeah, so, defi- yeah.
2: yeah but how long has he been in um, the Himalayas? by the time when he went there to when Heloise adventure had started like how long was that
1: I don't know it's, it's comics you know time's in flux it, yeah.
3: time... <laughs> well that's right yeah. I feel like it's so, a, it's it's at least a year or more in our time, maybe even mm. two years in our time and at least probably six months in and you can get pretty buffed in six months, like I've heard. <laughs> I've never <laughs> oh,
2: we, we all get big in six months because it's just the other stop, the other <laughs> <laughs> I've
3: got six months to get buffed enough to to and slim enough to fit into a Jack and Jones shirt, so yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs>
2: um... <laughs> so the, it said um, on the 26th of November. It says, Dad, I'm sure I saw your handiwork on on the news the other day.
1: Oh, the other day.
2: Um, okay.
1: See, so yeah. when I say the other day, that could be anything between the other day and like <laughs> a couple of years ago. Before you got but married. No, you, you, you raise.
2: <laughs> to be honest, I I kind of thought about. It. I never really discussed it, and I know we've um we've had this discussion about how people can read like a lot or too much into into a comic. But it does raise a good point just like I guess the timeline between when Kit and Heloise went to first went to school and then to when Heloise had her adventure and did we go back into time and then back 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 into the past or back into the current with Heloise coming or is it still all kinda connected? Um oh. you, 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 raise, you raise a good point there, though,
3: Steve. I'll give you that. I do do that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. That's rare rare praise, Steve. Just accept it. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Yeah, just move on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, and look, while we're we're still reviewing the story, I really enjoyed it, and I know that there's um, you know, there's there's certainly another point of view. People saying, oh, well, nothing happened, and um, it just sort of trod water for for a month. But th- that's actually kind of the point. I, I, I liked where this fits in tying the whole story together. Yeah. And, and when we were talking to Tony and Mike about Reckoning of the Nomad, I, I was big on the continuity and really enjoying that. And this, this is part of the thing that you need to do to tie continuity together. And to, to how long is it going to be before people complain, oh, I haven't heard about Kit, what's going on, on in, in the Himalayas? So you no, can't... Don't um...
2: complain no matter what, though.
3: Correct, correct. Yeah.
2: Um, but it, it definitely sets up for... Another story, like i.e. with the cop, with yes. the uh, with the monk as the teacher, you know, fighting. Uh, we he's a bit believe, like you, Dad. We are led to believe, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it definitely sets up. I think once Heloise is kind of set up and stuff, um, you know, you know, she will probably have a year or two to kind of get her head back on, and and then we'll probably get you know. Uh, I guess, an adventure in the Himalayas, mm. which um, I wonder if it's going to be another little uh, little political little dig at the, uh, with China and Tibet and stuff like that, you know. Oh, I knows. saw one in the last story, so well, maybe that's what uh, um, the monkey's fighting is, you know, some corrupt Chinese, you know, taking over their country and stuff like that. So mm. it could be a nice little, uh, little future
3: little subplot coming ahead. Yeah,
1: because Certainly how do you...
3: So, how do you think that um, Fru should publish these in the end? I, I sort of see maybe next year Christmas. They seem to be doing the newspaper strips um, as um, their Christmas special. There's certainly the one coming up. Um, and whether last they do, years. sorry, so last got the one year's coming right. up
2: and last year's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: So whether next year's will be reckoning of the Nomad plus Kit's letter home and maybe the new one, Heloise comes home. Um, maybe that'll be got finished got by then those as well. Oh, Ratman's Die needs to appear in a in a through as well. Yeah, so
1: yeah, they they do do them during the year as well. But yeah, the Christmas special is. Yeah. The, but um. Well. I, I'd, maybe, I'd see this more in the Christmas special because it's so maybe, it's so big Kits. and then there's three stories that really link in together. So. I'd, yeah, yeah. probably would. Look. Mm. Mm.
2: The good
1: thing about. Probably the good thing about
2: the kids' load home is that it's short, so it could be a filler story. Well, it's only twenty-four panels. Yeah, twenty twenty four strips that it has to be pretty much published after the reckoning with a nomad because it does yes. reference that oh, yeah. story. So
1: Yeah, you could use it so, as a filler, but you're you not gonna use it until that story's been published.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the but the the beauty is is that, you know, it, it can be used as a filler. It can be used as a you know, what a, a four to eight page story at the back of something, you know, maybe I reckon you it, even yeah. maybe you even do say next year they do the the reckoning of the nomad and the Rat must die and they might slip this in the annual or something like that or or you know in tw- you know early 2020 or something like that but you know the, the the flex there's the flexibility which i think is
3: yeah you know which well is if good. i'm if i'm voting i'd run them all together in the same book just yeah. to um, so enjoy also. the continuity
2: yeah. yeah so the phantoms only in the story is only in three panels of the whole story actually, <laughs> of the whole story and he never actually
3: says a word
1: He's a strong silent type. Wouldn't be now, wouldn't be many
3: stories ever where the phantom hasn't no. said a word.
1: Now
2: he didn't say much in the Gibbs Brothers, which is a Sunday, and he wasn't he appeared the whole story, I believe, in his Mr Walker Alias. But um that's probably you know um, he certainly
3: he certainly closest. said enough that we needed Duncan to voice him in the radio play, but you're right he never appeared in the Phantom garb
1: mm.
2: so it's kind of like up there with you know short phantom doesn't actually appear um, yeah so it's it's an interesting story yeah and uh it's fair to say that when we did the interview with Mike Manley and uh, Tony DePaul, Tony DePaul said that even mentioned the stories where this comes up. And, um, yeah, we uh, we didn't pick the shortness as the no. clue as what this story has no, to no. do with those
1: ones. We missed it. We missed it. Okay. Um, moving on is we we're doing our, our regular few, through issues now. So through number 1824, which seems to have been so long ago, um was the hunchback with the with a philistorian called the the patrol so the hunchback um mm. is like the first part to was it uh, to 1826 which i just read today um it was a two part but i think was a was the second of a three part wasn't it yeah isn't there a bit more to it as well i can't remember from the message of the issue
3: 17 but... mysterious prisoner was part 1 yeah, um it. 1731
1: there it is in the message from the publisher that's right um, I didn't go back and read that one. Um, I just read The Hunchback on its merits as it was. Um, mm-hmm. And as a, a historical story. Um, you know, this, well, you know, we've been set up. The phantom's been hurt in the present day, so he's got time to tell a story. Um, and it's about the third phantom who we know um, was an actor with uh, William Shakespeare. Um, and we're looking at him not wanting to become the Phantom, but then um, in the end, uh, destiny awaits. Um, I haven't got my notes with this story, I realise right now. <laughs> and so I'm beginning to ramble. I'm trying to think, what do I usually say? The, oh, the, the, I liked the, it. Yeah, I liked it.
2: Yeah, it's well, kind of like a, a Genesis story um, of how the third Phantom, you know, who originally said no and then um how he, you know, became the Phantom, and so it's kind of got that whole feel where he makes mistakes.
1: I like those where, stories too, um, where the where the phantom yeah, takes over.
2: Humility side of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um And then it's got a little bit of the mystery, like with the clues with the shoes going through the story, which I didn't pick, and then, you know, the Phantom pick, but it's throughout the story, so if you're a good detective, you can kind of pick it up. Awesome. So, yeah, no, I... Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was good fun, um, yeah. and I'm glad that uh, that um, uh, Dudley and um, and the team picked this one up from uh, the Chronicles of uh, down at Semic and Egmont. So um, yeah, mm. thank you for
3: doing so, that. What about you? With ben? the with the, uh, with the stories, are we sort of talking about Hunchback and Death's Hour together, given that they're two parts of the.
1: Oh, I was just looking at I the make. Think... I reckon no, are
2: okay. Like, I reckon they're almost... They do stand words. alone, Yeah. but... Yeah. It, but well, uh, maybe, yeah. We, maybe we talk about this, and then we do Death's Hour, and then we do okay. Yep. Yeah.
3: Look, our, in terms of this story in particular, um, I do like the, the way that it um, fleshes out a, a hole that Lee Fork left in terms of... Yes. Because Lee Fork's story, The Wig, does tell us that you know, the, the the idea behind this, that number uh, Phantom number three decided he wanted to stay and be an actor in Shakespeare's Globe Theatre and not come home. And he finishes that story pretty quickly by saying that the moment the son gets word that dad's dying, he throws it all in the air and goes, right, now I do have to go home and I do have to be the Phantom. So I like the way that mm. um, the writer's here, and it's it's close to Ramethi. Uh, this was back when he was using his pen name, Michael Tierra's. Um, and I do like the way that he's filled that hole and sort of fleshed that out a bit more. And and I think it, it's a pity. I completely understand why. It's a pity that we didn't get the three parts, you know, one, two, three, so that we can um, we could have uh, enjoyed it in that way. Did either of you guys go back and read the Mysterious Prison? No, no, I didn't. To no, be no, honest, it
2: would have been almost better if they had published the three stories with the um with the original, the wig story,
3: as a you know, as, as a hundred page perhaps
2: yeah hundred page or you know like a christmas special Walking or food. even yeah. or even in the annual or, or or something like that now i know it's easy doing it in hindsight because oh you know,
3: that's right we're all didn't know that,
2: in hindsight that's
3: right. <laughs> and they didn't know that the serious prisoner had the two follow ups at the time because because again they yeah. are written well enough as as standalone stories. Um, yeah. I also I also think that Jamie Valve's art in oh. this this really is the era and I don't know what when what year it was actually first published. I could probably find out if I. 1989. Eighty nine, you're right. So he seemed to be really in a good place in terms of his art at that time. Seventies well and eighties, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is some really nice nice artwork throughout the throughout the the two stories and this one in particular. So and, and the it
1: works got very well too. In dark. So what was that, Jack? So
2: the darkness. I was gonna say it works well. Yeah, like the darkness and the black and white, and yeah. I just love. I, yeah. It's got me. What were you saying about the cover, sorry, Dave? The
1: cover, I was just saying that I like the front cover there, the Antonio Lemos um, cover mm. there. The front's nice. The, the back is good, but the front's uh, far better, I think. On that it's one. Uh,
3: it's very typical um, yep. Lemos art, isn't it? The, the, oh, you yeah, can tell yeah. at a glance that he's done it.
1: Yeah, you know it's him as soon as you look at it.
3: Yep. Mm. It's, um the <laughs> One interesting thing, uh, I had this on the kitchen table for a little while, and... Um, all the 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 whole family came past and glanced at it at different times, and both my eldest daughter and my wife did a huge double take, going, um, "What's up with his legs?" and uh, the fact that the the boots are in flesh color really threw them, and they thought he was wearing
1: shorts. And... <laughs> so
3: um, perhaps the colourist might have might have put the boots in black in hindsight, <laughs> or, or a darker. I brown. thought they were going to comment on his boobs or something like that. No, um, no, it was the uh, it was the the short that's short. I thought you were going with that. <laughs> no, we're not all boob focused, mate. <laughs> what have you got on your mind, mate? Trikey.
2: Hey, you know you're the one that got that page. <laughs> <laughs> what me?
1: Um, before we go on to eighteen twenty six, um, this issue also has the little. Is it two pages? Yeah, Three pages, two pages. There we go. There's all the story of the patrol where you know you've got the new person coming in, ing- trying to figure out how the um the messages get into the safe. Um, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's. I would have. Let's put it
2: this way. I would rather get that two little page story than another two pages of letters.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
3: <laughs> mm. Yeah if you're looking for a two page filler this is is pretty sweet yeah. it's it's interesting we'll talk about it soon but um the replica series had um a story which this panel could have been taken this this could have been taken out of so um it, it's it's nice that the there's what is it uh 10 10 panels and we've got the complete story. So it just goes to show you don't need to write a 350-page a epic like Heart of Darkness to communicate a, a fun little story. Yeah.
1: So 1826, just jumping 1825, we will get back mm. to 1825, but um, 1826 follows on from 1824. Um, it's called Death's Hour, um, and Dudley actually goes into quite some details where this um, where the title mm. comes from, which uh, made interesting reading. Um and I'm a, this. I'm glad I read the message from the publisher after I read the comic because he actually puts a spoiler in. Yeah. there. So. Uh,
3: at least he does say right at the top that there is a spoiler in there. So. Did
1: he? I advise you yeah. to read the comic first. Oh, <laughs> so he did. <laughs>
3: That's the big boulder information. Right I, at the I top. skipped that and just yeah. reading the, um, the normal print.
2: <laughs> yeah, most people read the most people start from the top.
1: Yeah, I, well, I did. I was just I skipped the the black the the bold bit because I just thought it was you know, a message from the publisher. <laughs> anyway, I read the story first anyway for for a change because I just wanted to get in, get in and read it. And I'd go back and read the publisher if I had time. Mm. Um, I really like this part. I have just read this um today, and I really enjoyed it. I really um, you know, they don't take too long to get back into the story. Yep, Phantom, you still injured. You better rest. All right, we we'll continue telling the story. And, um yeah, I, I I liked it. You know, you got these interesting characters. you got the fox there who's a bit of a dodgy fella. He's not as dodgy as these other people like Spenlow and the other person who you don't find out who he is until right at the end. Um, Then there's some miscommunication and people who aren't supposed to be dying are dying. It, it's I thought it was excellent. There was um even a little spot there thinking, hang on, it's the second Phantom back. I thought he'd died, but... Um, I thought there was a nice little um, spot in there as well, Um, how that was handled. Um, And, yeah, people getting up a hand, double-crossing and getting up a hand on each other, I thought it was a nice, rollicking, good story. I I, I really enjoyed um, this part of the the series. You guys?
2: Um, I enjoyed parts of it, but then I was disappointed with other parts of it yeah um yeah the whole um dying of of his wife I don't know it was the, I don't know did well, was, I don't know that didn't really do much for me that bit mm. but like I um you know it was a good catalyst I guess and it also helps fill in um, a it also helps solve the what do you call it the um the
1: reason why he's married the twice.
2: second phantom yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like that and the fact how and this is one good this is one good thing about what Egmont or Senec did back in the seventies and eighties, especially the eighties, is that they tried to fill in the holes of or the holes, you know, the, the gaps is probably a better word of what Leaf did. So mm-hmm. I like that. Um I thought the whole like how the Phantom found, you know, Guy Fawkes and stuff like that is Oh I wasn't gonna like wait um, well, it's what, at least what, 10 oh, issues ago? <laughs> <laughs> it's at least a month ago, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I enjoyed a lot of it, but then there was bits that I didn't really enjoy as well, so um, um, yeah, but overall, I'll give it a pass. Oh, a pass, he's well, pretty
1: I'm, tough on this one,
3: Dan. I'm probably more in your camp than Jermaine's on this one, Steve. I enjoyed it, um. For, for most of the reasons that you said, so I'm not gonna go over it again. The the whole the, the, the killing of the um wife, um I'm not sure why you said that didn't do a great deal for you, Jim. I thought that was a really clever plot point. Um and just in terms of the accidental way that she died like they did murder her, but they didn't set out to murder her in particular. Um but then that set off, off uh, the the chain of events and then the basic uh hide and seek mystery uh throughout um I thought it was quite good and I enjoyed it. So, yeah, no, I'll I'll, I'll
1: give this one a, a big tick. Yeah, good game of cat and mouse there. Mm, yeah, um, yes. And dogs and bears. Yes. Um, <laughs> so speaking of
3: bears, the cover
1: uh, front and back? Front and back, there's a giant big bear sitting on the back cover there. Um, He looks pretty mean and he's looking like he's a bit hungry too. He wants to give himself a big purple dish. Um <laughs> but then you check out the Phantom and um and the fella um he's fighting against him and you look at him and they're like, oh, yeah they're about to have a bit of a fight. They're pretty good drawing. Uh, the swords, um maybe a little bit more no, I'm saying here I can't draw, but um the 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 swords Just the way that they're holding the swords, their hands on the swords. The sword is... Yeah, it seems a little bit interesting. mm mm-hmm.
2: Now, can anyone find Glenn Ford's cover? We have had yes. this discussion you mean before. signature? His
3: signature.
1: Yeah. Signature,
2: um, where sometimes he's forgotten and there's been several people looking for quite a while trying to find the signature.
1: Has he put um, in this one that looking?
2: Yes, yeah, he has. Yes, but it it's it's
3: actually really quite blatant, I think. I, I don't know that... I think he, there's been issues uh, or, or covers where he's hidden it far better, shall I say. Pressure's on. <evening>.
1: Oh, there it is. It was underneath my thumb.
3: (laughs) Actually, maybe that's why he put it there. He knows a lot of people are going to
0: hold
1: it. So if you haven't found it yet, there's a clue. It might be underneath your thumb as you're holding it. (laughs) Rightio, so two positives and a pass on that one. Okay, there was no extra story on that. Um, Let's back to 1825 which is the this is the, the pull it out what's it called the uh, replica series um, I actually started reading this um, <laughs> yeah. it's shocking no, well <laughs> I, I was thinking no, we, get, we, we keep on bagging it but I should bloody read the thing and um, I must have been reading it when I was tired or doing something because I fell asleep
2: and didn't read it <laughs> but to be fair to be fair, you do fall asleep during a lot of Phantom comics. Well, <laughs> I think every time we do a comics and review, there is at least uh, two comics that you say, oh yeah, I didn't finish this one. I fell asleep."
1: Yeah, well, busy, busy man, mate. <laughs> Not That's it. Sleep, you've got been.
2: you got two young children, yeah. you've got a job, and then you've got a wife as well. So
1: you know, mm, two hours uh, of your time it, it gets a bit much. Gets a bit much sometimes, but hopefully, I can catch up on all my yeah. sleep over the over January and um. And um, I'll be coming back fresh, ready to spend two hours talking on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Ninety minutes. Well, Ninety minutes. You've We're only got yourself minutes.
2: to blame now, mate. You're yeah. the one doing the. You're the one doing the. Um, the
1: what do you call yeah, it? Yeah, well, stop going sheet. on tangents. So let's have the, let's let get this ship going. <laughs> All right, yeah. So um, I it was about the um, the first story there uh, was kind of like that little patrol story, you know, a new yes. recruit trying to mm. figure out how the. Um, the the messages get in there um did you did they, either of you guys actually read the whole thing yep yep what do you reckon Dan? i'll, I'll, I'll I, I really
3: i really love dipping back into these old stories and i know they're not as uh unedited and as unabridged as we might like but i really do enjoy and part of what i enjoy is um you know you've got to read it through 2018 prism um uh, and, and some of it doesn't stand up, and, and even the very start of the first story, which is about a um, uh, a character called Smythe Smythe, double-barred last name, oh, who's yeah, got, you know... Smart. Three generations have been in the jungle patrol and he calls his dad Pater and, you know, it's it's very much of its era there. But once you get past that, it's almost a page in and suddenly, okay, this could be, um, this is a timeless story again. It could be at any, at any period. I love seeing things that have popped up since. So, for instance, on um, page 29, the top panel on page 29 is a pretty classic Wilson-McCoy image that um, I yeah, now God have... Guy Passant's mm-hmm. colours has done a postcard of that, so it's really cool to to be able to read those stories and see where people have got those um, stories from. And I'll mention something like that again later. Um, and then the the mysterious girl is actually one of my favourite Ray Moore stories. So I really like yeah. um, the mystery of this one. Um, and there's some really great. Uh, it's, it was interesting actually because um, there's been some talk lately about Heloise, and you know, is she over the top, and you know, there's some of the really old-school um, fans, perhaps, are talking about um, you know, the, the the phantoms generating into feminist prattle and that sort of stuff. But this is another great example of um, Lee Fork drawing um, or, or writing some really strong female characters. And I had the page here a second ago. There's a there's a panel in here where one of the lady the lady pirates shoots the microphone out of the phantom's hand. Um, there's also um what's the name of the the female bodyguard here big Mummer or um oh. Mer- merle no no that's the, Amazon. the the big hannah hannah um you know and the fandom's embarrassed of uh thank goodness devil isn't here to see me to being chased around by a woman but she would take him apart if uh, she caught him so you know some really strong female characters in here um and uh, and then we finish with Lady Luck, which is a, another classic story. So um, this is uh, this is I really enjoyed the sitting down and reading and reading through this uh, replica series.
1: Yeah, yeah now, I just noticed it's the Lady Luck, which was re- well, was only just recently republished like last year though, wasn't it in colour?
3: Yeah, the Fel, the Fel-Man version.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
3: So this is the second this is the second
2: part of the Lady Luck, of yep. the story. Yeah, now, and again. Uh, yeah. This, this is the first time we've seen the Jungle Patrol, isn't it? Or well, like the first daily story that it makes mention of the No,
3: jungle I don't patrol. think that's the case. The, the, if you look at um, Barry Stubberfield's uh, message on the first page, the Jungle Patrol was created in the previous story, The Professor. This is the second Jungle Patrol story.
1: Okay, yeah. There you go. And, yeah, I think... Um, we mentioned earlier about you know his his father and you know we're, we, generations of Jungle Patrol just it, that that was a bit of a switch off for me. It was like that old English colonial type
3: yeah toff yeah thing. No, and, I,
1: and I don't I, think that when I think Jungle Patrol, I think like no you know, it used to be very much like that. But now with today's Jungle Patrol, um, Colonel Warabu and and the rest of the um. The the well, the officers and the way that they go through things. It's not like this hoity-toity type thing. It's no, down and gritty, no. and...
3: and it's almost after the first two strips, the first five panels. From that point on, it, it's all it's all fine. Yeah, so
1: that, and that that's right.
3: Mm.
2: So this is the first time that we see the um, unknown commander and stuff like that, though, which is pretty cool.
3: Yeah, right. And, so and I like a, uh, yeah. I do like the uh, the charts they've got up on the on the board there to show us, um, you know, the family tree of all of the different um, units and all of that sort
0: of stuff.
1: Yeah, it seemed Mm. like he actually had some sort of plan on this before he got it going, rather than just going off the Mm. top of his head, you know, winging it as as a tent. Or
3: it'd be interesting to know whether Fork did or did Wilson McCoy put those details in there with the the map and the. (laughs) I
1: know this 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 chart
3: shows. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Rightio. Anything else about um, this one, Uh, Jim? You've been a bit quiet on this one. No. Cool. righty No. um, But they're all good stories. Um, They are. And, well, obviously quite important stories in Phantom Law because, yeah, it's the first of the unknown commander. So, yeah, if you're waiting for your... um, If you're on a flight somewhere over the Christmas break and you haven't picked up and you oh sorry you've already read your Christmas issue go back and and read the replica series there might be something in it for you. What the heck is that? Here or you you can't hear that? Oh someone's laying off fireworks. Oh I can hear Uh, that now. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: You just never know what's gonna happen on the Phantom Podcast. (laughs)
1: Oh. <laughs> someone's celebrating that? the replica yeah my good that's <laughs> fireworks and it just sounds like i'm gonna wait for Angel i'm sure is gonna come bursting through the door and say what the hell's going on um <laughs> yeah well the dog i can't hear the dog barking so it couldn't have been too bad all right 1827 where did i put this one it is called the Carabasan league um which are, with a nice cover there by uh jason Pauls, Pauls Jason. Yeah. which really suits the um the 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 internal art as well, which is i think it was Boyd's. Mm. Boy. um yeah uh, it, it really suited the the art on the inside to the art on the outside it was uh, and it's only yeah so it's a new story it was only originally published last year um so i thought i think it, that's it, a, it good, was a good choice yeah. of, of of um cover artists to match the um the interior art definitely.
2: It's a good point about um, – uh, it's a good thing about Free having a lot of different – Free artists now is that they can actually match, you know, um, cover artists with, you know, the the feel of the story and stuff like that. Like Jason Paul has tend to do – has tend to done the more like um, Gaslight series, you know, like that type of error Era. and mm. that edginess and stuff like that where, um, you know, where uh, people like um, – Jamie McPherson has done other other styles that match the art and stuff like that. So it's um.
3: You wrote, Jeremy good, Johnson does a great job too.
2: Yeah, who did I say? <laughs> you said Jamie McPherson. Uh, yeah. Jeremy McPherson <laughs>
1: yeah. and Jamie Johnson.
2: Yes, <laughs> just just merged the two together. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a child that's not sleeping at the moment. It's only (laughs) 7.30 here, but I've been up since, like, 4 or something. So
1: (laughs) Okay, now now this story um, is a a bit of a historical one, too. It's 1895 um, in Constantinople. As soon as I read it, Constantinople, I started saying, Istanbul, not Constantinople. Anyway, that's just me. Um, And we have a a, a plot to get rid of the Sultan, um, because... the the people being hard done by, um, mm-hmm. and the fan's on their side, but he doesn't like their methods. Um, mm. which, and it's an it's interesting how this is this gets played out. And you know, the, the sultan says, "Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you." So, I'm not on your side, dude. And yeah, thanks for your gratitude anyway. By the end of it, uh, anyway. I don't know.
2: I enjoyed I enjoyed this story. There was, um. By Dan's groans and moans, I can tell he's going to get onto a uh, on a rant. Um, so huh. maybe I'll quickly jump in before he starts. Um, you were the, the one who one... was saying
3: on Messenger that you didn't like it. Uh,
2: uh, the 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 page four and five, like this, how he got into it, I didn't like. Like I think, um, I think overall it was good, but the whole, um, oh, you know, the Carabassian... Oh, I must go out and have a look at it, and I don't know how. And then, he's out of the whole city, he stumbles upon, you know, he stumbles upon this girl, mm. and he stumbles the whole thing. And that was a little bit flimsy, in my opinion, is how he stumbles upon it.
1: Yeah, that was a bit of a stretch. Yeah, a, a yeah, of a stretch. Yeah. Oh, there's some random person walking on a roof. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then like, you know, and he's doing it, and then he um. Uh, and then he goes to the palace in the Sultan in his Phantom costume. Mm -hmm. Like, they're probably the two bits that I kind of thought was a little bit flimsy, but the rest of it I didn't mind, and I kind of liked the whole internal battle of, like, I agree with, you know, the Arminians being, you know, being the downtron, but at the same time, while he kind of sides with him he doesn't like you said stephen he doesn't like their method and so he stops their method and, and stuff like that so I thought that was that was a nice thought that was good and I think that in my opinion kind of redeemed the whole story and then the end mm. bit I thought was was an interesting way of do it and it would be interesting to see what happens if something happens um with the you know with the lady at the end
1: yeah I was wondering that and you', you know my you'll know the um the phantom wives better than me that I'm, I'm i'm assuming that she doesn't become a phantom wife
2: no, I, not that i'm aware of um what phantom 18, 90, 18, 18 a, a, what About, phantom the no. 18 so or 19
3: 18 though. or 19 yeah
2: okay let's well, while well, dan because
3: i know dan's warming up um, well, I'm not going to quite well, come off the long run, but you've given me some starting points. And, and certainly I agree with the flimsiness of happening to stumble across the, the one person who um, can lead him to this plot on early yeah. in the piece. Um, the, the, again, I agree that uh, going up to tell the Sultan in his phantom garb literally... On page seven, he says, oh, she's going into a Greek tavern, but I can't go in there dressed like this. The panel below that on the same page wanders up to the
1: Sultan's
3: palace in his Phantom Guard.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really weird. <laughs> separated
3: by a panel where he says well i better go and pay a visit to the sultan since when did the phantom become a dibber like he he <laughs> so, he should get to the bottom of this um you know meet the meet the conspirators and find out what their issue is and perhaps solve it that way not just go straight to the sultan that was that was a nice. really weak plot point i thought and that um you know sort of set the scene for the whole rest of the story in terms of the way the Sultan and these um, revolutionaries come at each other. And and I didn't particularly like the end, um, the fact that he's there, you know, and, and you've mentioned about the gratitude, Stephen, so much for gratitude. It, it's like he's only just realised right at the end that if I give up these revolutionaries who are plotting to kill the Sultan... The Sultan might want to do something about that, and he's not a good guy, so he's probably yeah. going to execute every How did he not see that coming? So I thought that was really weak. The the bit where he disguises himself as the executioner and then pops out at the end, you know, hurrah. Um, oh, but yeah. then it all seemed to... Yeah, it is see, a bit you of fun. See, and then at the mind, end, then the, then the last the, three... Um, okay, Let me just yeah. say my last three panels. <laughs> the last three panels... He just right. We're going to have a big fight. I'm going to grab your horse. I need to jump out um, right away. And suddenly, he's, a, he's a, has escaped and he's outside the city. So that was all a bit too rushed and convenient. It's
1: so 22 it, pages. Could that be? Yeah, the, the 22 pages thing.
3: Probably, but it yeah. uh, doesn't but stop me not like.
2: Fair enough. Oh, all right. Let me let me talk about that one scene. It's fresh. I think you don't need another page or two for you know that scene to be fleshed out. I actually don't mind that ending, how it kind of got wrapped up quickly. And we've got that that one last panel, which I guess leaves it open. Um, so I didn't mind that
3: personally. Mm, Susie and the Governor, is, or the Governor and Susie, which is one of the... And I know this is a comic book and not a newspaper strip where you can just run it on and on and on and on. But that, but that is... The Governor and Susie is one of the great cat and mouse stories. And... This had the opportunity to just... That's the start of the cat and mouse game where they're running away. And mm. you know, I, I know this isn't going to go for 52 weeks and all the rest of it, but there's nothing wrong with a good chase scene. And um, this just didn't have any of the chase scene at the end.
1: Hollywood's made millions off a good chase scene. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I see what you're coming from and all that, but I didn't really... I don't know. It didn't really bother me. The story had kind of finished and ran its course. And, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know whether a second part would have done anything. Like, say for instance, they go, "Okay, let's do a governor and Susie and do a whole story based upon them getting, you know, uh, getting out of, you know, uh, the city and stuff like that." I'm not really sure if that would have really
3: added anything to the story. No, and I probably was using that as example as a as an exaggeration in a sense. Another page or two wouldn't have hurt. Um, but, you know, obviously there's editorial constraints in terms of 22 pages yeah. and all the rest of it. And Philip Madden, the author, may well have had um, extra script there that just couldn't be used because of the space constraints. Um, I should yeah. say that I really did like um, the artwork and, um, the again, the use of... Um, Jean Boyce is, is renowned for his use of shadow and dark colours, and it really stands out again in this story. Would be interesting to see the um, the I guess, to see what it looks like in color. Oh, I was but, wondering the um, same thing
1: about that. We've I really like story. it in
3: black yeah. and white as it stands.
1: Yeah, same here. I thought it works well in black and white, and particularly with a lot of the um, the line work that he does. I, I was wondering what it would look yeah. like in color.
2: His um, his art, his uh, yeah, his art is one of the few that probably looks better in black and white than it does in color. Mm.
1: It looks great in black and white.
2: Um, but I'd say you raised the point about you um, about the whole uh, you know having to stop them killing the sultan and then rescuing it and all that. I, I believe that's more of like a phantom trait where it's kind of like no matter how well guided the action is, it's wrong, and so the phantom is going to stop that. And yeah, it gets him into more trouble because then he's, in oh. a sense, going to have to undo his good work. But the Phantom, you can't. It. What would have you? What would have you said if the Phantom just stood by and let them kill the Sultan? I'm sure you would have then said no. on the podcast that, you
3: know, that um, I didn't uh, say you know, that he should yeah,
2: phantom like
3: No, no, no. no. I, and I, that, that's, it's hardly uh, choices A or B. Um, I think that to the overthrowing of a dictator, and in this case, the Sultan is a dictator. I think the overthrowing of a dictator is far more a phantom trope than um, going up and dobbing on the on the revolutionaries. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, but they were there to kill. You know, in when Lee he, Falk's can, he can... when Lee Forks overthrown dictators and stuff like that. He's never he's uh you know he's never let. Them kill or anything like that. It's always been different. So, you know, it doesn't matter how evil they are, the Phantom is going to stop, you know, yeah. not let that person be
3: killed. So, where's the Sultan at the end of this? At the end of this story? Well, what's Still in power. Important? Nothing's changed.
1: Mm. Yeah, but. Unlike I the, um, the latest. Like, like Dharma County story, doesn't. Yeah, the, the bad. The, what's his name?
3: Bad the, Guys in Prison.
1: The bad Guys in Prison. Yeah, exactly. so gets wrapped up.
3: The nothing absolutely happens in terms of regime change or anything like that. And when I think of the theme of coming up against dictators,
2: the problem with that is that this is, you know, based in a um, in a real life situation. Unlike a a fictional town like Mucar, you can't exactly change history, though, can
3: you? No, that's a that's a very fair point. Very fair point. Mm It's Um, comic; you can do it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah,
2: it's. I, I think it's. I think we're all uh, maybe kind of maybe with the starts kind of flimsy, but the end is you know is probably where the where the power is, and it actually does kind of I guess you know divide a few. And um, I like the ending. And maybe I maybe
3: with the extra couple of pages, they could have had a bit of a chase scene and also a wrap up to say we've changed nothing and and history goes on uh, etc because because you're right that that's a very good point that I hadn't picked up on it, it is a real story it's set in a real time um and they can't change that but uh you know rather than just the romantic scene at the end maybe there's a oh my god my people are all still going to be massacred and the genocide mm. continues
2: yeah which it has and did mm. Mm. um but i i was um you, you, you you raised the point about the whole twenty two page restraint and stuff. I think we made mention of this in the last podcast.
3: Mm, we um, talk about it most I, of the comics reviews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: just I just wonder. Um, I I wonder just how flexible and I get the feeling that the for whatever reason, and you know this will be a question that we will have to ask, you know, an editor of Phantom Men, which you know, we believe will be in the new year. Um, this would be the type of question I think we, we will have yeah. to ask them is, where, you know, what is the restraint? Do you have to do 22 pages or is there room for mm. 24, 25 pages if, um, if you know, if, if the story will be better or could be better by an extra two or three pages? So I yeah. think that's the type of question we will have to ask the editor because you know maybe you know maybe originally it did an extra bit and then it was i guess cut to fit the 22 pages and it was an editorial decision that um uh that you know it's fine to be 22 pages and so we'll keep it at 22 pages mm-hmm. i guess if you do do 25 pages um You've got to pay the artist more, you've got to pay the writer more, which does stretch your budget. And Do you have to pay the writer it, more? Yeah, or are
3: they producing the. Because I would imagine that Philip Madden has just submitted the story and then they've chopped bits out of it. So I, I, I um, have no idea yeah. in the publishing world whether the, the mm. writer gets paid by the page or just by the story.
2: Yeah, maybe they get paid by the stories, but I, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> you you otherwise, you just to have you pay know, the 20 artists.
1: pages of, uh, of slash pages.
2: <laughs> but I'm I'm assuming you would have to pay the um the artist for more pages. Yes, you would. You would. Um, you would. You would assume so. You know, we're not. You know, we don't know definitely, but we would assume that was the case.
3: Oh, look, if you um, want so a, maybe... a more informed podcast, I'm sure there's people out there who know more about the publishing world than we do, but we know about Panem. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and being but, um, a being a 22 yeah. page story, if it was any longer, we wouldn't have been able to get Heart of Darkness um, five. Chapter 5,
2: Part 3, in. All right,
1: great, I think work. that's a hint. that we're moving on. That was a big hint. <laughs> no so, um, Half Darkness, Chapter 5, Part 3, The Secret of Temple Mount is at the end of this one. Um, and it, 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 not a real lot of action happens, but there's a lot of mm. um, describing what's going on. Like, they're after the, yeah. Ark of the Covenant. I've, we've got a fair idea where it is. This is where people have been looking. This is why they haven't succeeded. And you think, okay, but, and like I, said, I was, re- yeah, as I was reading this, no, oh, I, I thought this was interesting. I really, I was really interested in it actually, because I'm interested in all that sort of stuff. Then I realised, hang on, th- there's no real action. Then you get to the end mm-hmm. and you think, oh, what's, it's a nice cliffhanger to end on. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I really want to read the next issue. I really want to see what happens next, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting because the rest of the story is um, all about the arc and where it could be. Then the last mm. page just, it, it's hooked me back in. Oh, what's going on? What, what? What's going to happen here? So, um,
2: it, it almost feels like the last, probably the last four or five chapters or have all been setting up. And I think I've yeah. said this in the last two podcasts, is that it feels like we're getting set up for something. And then I say that again, and then you've said it again. Yeah, so well, I just hope the next part we actually do, are set up for something. <laughs>
1: Well, he's, all the um, pieces are in place, well, yeah, judging by this last two yeah. panels here, the pieces are in place for some serious um, uh, chocolate mousse emoji to go down. And um, <laughs> I Well, I guess
2: the third, the third last panel says now is the right time. Now's so right maybe time. now is the right time. Going we to go, are going, to, yeah, and then we're going to be saying, "Come on through! How much we publish the next part?" <laughs> because you know, every part's probably going to be a cliffhanger like that.
1: Well, and it's um, only part three, aren't they? Like five or six parts per chapter, or something like that. Maybe even seven.
2: I think we discussed this the last podcast as well. Yeah. Um, I think familiar. we, I think we are almost two thirds of the way in.
1: Yeah, we, we we're getting there. But um, I, I really like the story. Like, and I, you know, they got the the Nazis there in there. they're everyone's favorite bad guy. It's got all the elements. You, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm excited for the next part. Hopefully, um, the bad guy does what he's about to do, and we try and mm. figure out how the good guy's going to get through it. Um, Dan, mm. you've been a bit quiet during during this part. What do you reckon?
3: He's not reading him? Are um, you? You have you finished talking about hard of darkness? Yeah, I have. Sorry, been. I tuned out.
1: Um, <laughs> I. <I've>, no, look. <laughs>
3: Uh, you know, I don't read Heart of Darkness, what can I say? Oh, gosh, um, he's, I he's about. Doing a Stephen. Because it's I like hadn't Stephen
2: read... Stephen and Dan have swapped places.
3: Because I hadn't read Heart of Darkness, I didn't even realise that there was forum letters at the back, which is how I missed the... Uh... So while you've been talking, I've been catching up on the catch... forum letters. Yep,
1: and you... so that's why you missed the Rex news. We...
3: Yes, and now I've seen it, so yeah. that's great.
1: Where is that on there? It's
2: the la- very, very last, last one. reply from Skip Dudley. The... Yeah. Page
3: 33, oh,
2: yeah. There's, last there's a big
1: letter there from a 14-year-old... I'd say a 14-year-old teenager. No kidding, they're a teenager because they're yeah. 14 years old. Um, which was interesting. Oh, like HP. HP, yeah. Um, now, they write like a 14-year-old. There's a bit of ramble going on, but they make some good points.
3: <laughs> mm. Oh, and, and it's interesting that he said that he'd stopped reading because of Shadows Over Spyglass, and we've talked a number of times about how that was a uh, uh, questionable one.
2: Mm. Um, now, just... So, it's uh, not the annual that's going to be the Rex special. It's just going to be a new...
1: The New year um, special. Just a, it does say New yeah. special. Yeah, it doesn't say annual. Yeah.
3: The New Year Rex um, special. You, you'd assume yeah, that's the annual, though, um, wouldn't
1: you? I, that's what I usually think. But, cause the, 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 I don't the, the think first copy... The, like, there's usually a Christmas issue, which is the, the dailies or you know, yep. the newspaper strips. Yeah. Yep. And then there's a one in between... Goodness. Then it's yep. the, and annual. Then there's the annual.
3: Yep.
2: Now and in talking to Glenn uh, Lumsden, who's the artist who's the cover artist of that, he said that he believes it's his best cover yet. Oh
1: wow. Gee, that's While a big I
2: call. Seen it, he said it he said he hasn't shown anyone, but he believes it's his best cover yet. Cool. So big um, call.
3: And we'll and we'll talk about his covers when we get to the giant size, but um well, that's a big call.
1: Mm. I notice you've got fans well. World- next rather than Giant Size, even though Giant Size came out before Phantoms were.
3: Now, before we do
2: that, one Which of the one? things that we asked regarding the about the last issue, it was the 18th Phantom. And the 18th Phantom married
3: um, an, Armenia, <laughs> an uh, Armenian refugee.
2: <laughs> no, according to Team Phantom, it married Lara Collins, who was a daughter of a professor at Oxford. And, um, and then according to Lee Fork, um, there's kind of like the same f- the, uh, two phantoms married the same woman, so um, <laughs> so maybe the 18th Phantom married his mum, so uh, according to Lee Fork. <laughs> right, leave that where it is and then moving on.
1: <laughs> now, well, maybe, I'm maybe reading
2: got... like I'm going. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Back to the Glen Ludson So we're doing giant size. Back to the yeah, Glenn Ludson Fantastic cover that he's coming up. I just so happen to be holding me in my hand his last cover, which seems pretty good. Um, the giant size one with the Phantom in the background with all the other characters swooping in or giving a high five or waving. Now, I did try to read this, and then I opened up and saw that <laughs> they all seemed like old stories, and closed it again and did something else. Um, yeah, because I, want, I wanted to read a shade That's big
2: point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was the same. And then I messaged Shane and I said, where's your story? Where's your story? It's not in here. And he goes, oh, isn't it? <laughs> so he didn't know as well. And what's interesting is that the front cover, I think there might have been a little bit of a mix up because the front cover's got Catman in it. Oh no, Sir Falcon. Sir Falcon.
1: It says it got Sir Falcon. It says,
2: with but the phantom ranger. No
1: Sir, Sir Falcon. So I was looking for Sir Falcon and it wasn't in there.
2: Mm. So the Phantom Ranger's in there, the Panther's in there, the Phantom's in there, and then um, Catman's in there, but there's no Sir Falcon.
1: And it looked like old-school Catman, that's why I I skipped it, because I didn't like it when I first picked it up, the first old-school Catman. But I know I should give it a go and not just go off that first one Um, I read.
2: to To be honest, it's... Probably my least favourite phantoms uh giant size. Okay,
1: cool. Um,
2: I like. There's some good uh, articles in there though. Yeah, this is just my opinion, and I don't expect everyone to agree with me or not. But I really like. Great. That's alright. Uh, well, actually, no. Most people do agree with <laughs> me. It's just you to that no. don't. But never mind. But <laughs> <this>, c- c- <laughs> so we need that. You surround yourself with like boring.
1: people. That's why.
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah, they tell me how good I am as well.
1: Um, <laughs> anyway, quick, going. Um, with... No,
2: going on. Um, uh, uh, all of the other Giant Sizes have at least one new story in okay. it. Uh, giant Size 6 had majority of new stories and only one or two old stories where this has gone the opposite. Now, That's I like to read the them. mix of new and old because, you know, when you're reading the new stories... It kind of encourages you to read the older stories, but like what you just said, you picked it up, realised it was all old stories, and then put it back down. And I wonder how many other people struggled with with the same as what you said. Now it did take me three goes, I think, to read um, this one. So I love the art, the articles, like you said, it was good. It was good to see a Cybarry story in there um, because we don't see as many Cybarries anymore with you know the replicas. Being Moore and Wilson McCoy, yeah. Um, but it's the yeah, and the story, but I'm just flicking
1: through the Panther at the moment. It just it, the art seems interesting. I'm just flicking yeah. through and seeing a few interesting. It's points. probably the wondering.
2: it's probably the strongest one.
1: Yeah, I might actually read
2: that. It's one. the strongest story. Um, the Panther, the Lone Ranger story is a bit, yeah. um, but yeah, the Panther is probably Ranger. the strongest. Yeah, the Phantom Ranger, the Panther is probably the strongest out of. Out of uh, all of those. Cool.
1: Well, what about you, Dan? Yeah. Look,
3: I um, it's been a while since I've read the Lost City of Phoenix, so I really enjoyed that. And um, I sort of alluded earlier to seeing artwork that you then see somewhere else, and um, the artwork of the Phantom fighting the first tiger um, is uh, the artwork that was used on one of the Monkeys of Melbourne uh, cups. Uh, coffee cups so it was cool to see the story where and that then that coffee cup was the one that I've owned since I was actually 16 or 17 and now I'm spending the rest of my life trying to track down the other eight but uh, anyway um, (laughs) it's one of the one of the cups that started me on this collecting gambit that I'm on Um, so I enjoyed reading that story the uh, the articles are excellent I, I really like reading the articles probably more than i enjoy reading the the comics um i do also like what they're doing in terms of uh it was at the end of catman i think if, if I'm flicking through, it was at the end of one of the stories. Uh, yeah, the end of Catman. They've actually gone, let's not just provide a replica of the back cover of this story, but here's a replica of four different um, back um, back pages. Mm. Um, so th- that's pretty cool. So you're catching up and, and seeing a lot of the history there. I like the, the touch of the, um, um, the, vampire the vampire information on the very back cover. Um, as for the stories as well, uh, I, I probably... I don't know. I, I, I like what you said there, Jermaine, about the balance of new and old. Um, is probably also where I'm at. You find that the new stories do include a Phantom reference or, or a Phantom cameo, whereas the uh, certainly the older stories don't. So, um, yeah, the the older and we're stories are
2: predominantly Phantom fans, not comic fans.
3: Yeah, exactly right. So I can see how from an Australian comics history perspective this is a the giant sizes are probably a really important publication that wow. are coming out at the moment um oh, and no someone that. someone like yeah. a kevin patrick and 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 other people who are um are really interested in the, the, the history of australian yes. comics and that's where it's great to see these ads for um the the book that's coming out sunsets and uh, i've got the, the name of that wrong now Sunbeam to Sunset. Or Su- something? Sunbeam to Sunset. That's right. So the ads for those books and the the snippets from that. Um, the more I read of those snippets, the more I think I want to pick up that volume when it comes out. So um, yeah, and and probably important publication, but um, yeah, again, we're Phantom fans. So
2: at times it can be a little bit hard reading. Yeah, from a Phantom perspective.
1: Speaking of hard reading, Phantom's World Seven came out. Oh, uh, I, I, I get, haven't picked this up. And from the from um, what you guys have
2: said okay. to read can, the first story. Can we talk about the last couple of stories
3: first? Yes.
2: Um,
1: Good idea. So an it,
3: when you we've just been doing a lot of reporting, Stephen and I, and one of the things that we know when you write a report card, you've got to start with the positives before yes. you work at the ways that kids can improve. So let's start with the last few stories. Um, which are the positives to Phantoms World Seven and genuine positives, mm. I thought. Mm. Oh, the art's beautiful in these stories. So
1: yeah. So mm. sell it to me because I haven't picked it up yet.
2: Okay. So Eden of Eva, an uh, Eden for Eva. Um, Starts almost exactly artwork. halfway. Yeah. 52, halfway through the comic. Oh, yeah. That's halfway
1: yeah. through the story or halfway now, through the comic. Yeah.
2: It's no. <laughs> it's it's a very it's got a very similar phantom or story type as a lot of other like Lady from Nowhere, uh, the Honeymooners, uh, where's you the know, story those from, type right? of.
1: Sorry. You, uh, Italy. These all are they are all, yeah, all from
2: Italy. all from Italy. All okay. from Sparta.
1: Yep.
2: Now, um, which that will be another thing that we'll talk about afterwards. Um, we'll talk about the stories first. Now, so Eden, Eden for Eva—it reminds me of Lee Fork's stories of Lady from Nowhere and the Honeymooners, which are Wilson McCoy classics. Um, and the art's amazing. I, my only criticism with this one story is that it kind of drags in parts um, but that's minor compared
3: to the first story um, and I probably didn't I didn't probably feel that it dragged as much as, as you yeah. said and maybe I'm comparing that to, um, to the <laughs> first one which I've just finished but um, but, uh, look, I, I actually genuinely enjoyed Needham Forever. There is still the question mark over even even these nice couple, how are they allowed to know where Eden is? And everyone's like, oh, no, they'll be fine. They won't tell anybody. But well, if you can over, if you get, get past that, then pass. had
2: his part, amnesia dust yet.
3: No, I suppose not. In, and maybe some amnesia dust would have helped him at the end. But, uh, look, I, I really enjoyed the story. I liked the fact that, um, you know, we saw him... Um, replacing all of their bullets with blanks and that sort of thing, so he could really stand up and show yeah. them that he was... Uh, and, and the Phantom doesn't actually make himself known to the bad guys at all until about the last two pages, but he's tracking them and trailing them, and suddenly, all of a sudden, just upsets their plans, and uh, we can see it coming, but they've got no idea. And I really liked that. I also really liked the second story, The uh, sorry, the third story, um, by the same artist, senior Patresi, who I'd never heard of, and so I'm really enjoying the opportunity to have a look at some of his art. Um, it's only a short little eight pager, which is it's called An <laughs> Elephant's Memory." Um, I thought he was probably overly nice. The fandom was probably overly nice to the um, the poachers the who poachers. had been shooting um, elephants from their helicopters, and um, yeah, there's probably. But well, they a
2: little... learned. They learned.
3: They do, especially the two pretty girls. I suppose so. Um, that's the that's the important one for that. Um, anything else on that before I take, go to the last story? No, it's kind of got a little bit of a trope of the drummer of Timpani.
2: Oh, the, with the dude the, and the, the drum.
3: The old bird, I think, is his name. Yes, yeah. Who yeah. causes the helicopters to crash?
2: Yeah, I, it was. Yeah, I actually thought this story was even shorter than than the eight pages. So it I, I reads we quick, talking, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it does. Um, the return of Grover.
1: I'm assuming mm. it's not the uh, Sesame Street character? No, Baron uh, Grover. From um, the shark's nest.
3: Seahorse. Is it
2: the seahorse or the shark's nest?
3: A seafaring
2: um, adventure. I think
3: now we're both scrambling to Fandom Wiki to prove who's yeah, right. I'm, yeah, I just yeah. suspect it's going to be you.
2: <laughs> Grover. Well, on page 87, it says the shark's nest.
3: Oh, it probably yeah. is. It probably is. Yeah. Shark's um, nest. Yep. So the... Uh, and, and you know what? I actually thought it was really well done. In, in terms of... Um, we've talked a lot recently about sequels to Lee Fork's talks, And this would mm. have stood up as, a, as an inclusion as a sequel... In um in the fruit trade paperback or the the obviously it's not a sequel to a cyber story but in terms of a sequel to um a Leaf Fork story, the characters are both really well drawn and and I'm talking about Baron Grover in particular and um who's his, who's his Muscle, um Mike is it Mike? Uh Big Steve. Big Steve. Sorry,
1: hey, yeah. sounds- uh, I need to read this.
3: <laughs> um, the, the portrayals of those two that. are both are both really well done and um yeah i i really enjoyed the last story as well so yeah cool. and i like even
2: like you have big steve who's a bit of a doofus sorry um, steve really um be. but you're a bit of a stu- bit of a doofus in this story <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you know he he you know he helped the phantom out and then he helps, you know, then he goes back with uh, Baron Grover and then he comes good again and, and, you know, in typical... And I think the other thing that I like about it is that Diana actually shows a bit of spunk in
3: it as well. Well, she does her own rescuing, doesn't she? Yeah, which is a nice change. Hmm. Well, well it's good because... It's not really, it's almost what she does. Yeah. But it but it's really well highlighted because basically the Phantom just hollows along behind them and watches the Watches the adventure really. He watches Diana um, do what she needs to do. Um, there's no there's no skull marks issued or given. The only the only thing that he really does is throw the bucket of water over Baron Grover at the end. And other than that, he hasn't done a great deal at all.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's... Um, but no, sorry. Steve. No, you say last little bit. No go. Okay. I was no. to say it's really. It sounds like you really enjoyed reading Phantom's World Seven. Everything it does sound so like so that, good. doesn't it?
2: The
3: second part. Can yes. I can I just say those last three stories? I think it might have been you that told us this, Jermaine. That um, Sparta had a real um, desire to have stories dre- drawn in the style of Cy and you can see that all of these three stories were heavily influenced by the the style of Cy Barry. Um, they're certainly not Cy but you can you can certainly see Cy in them. Yeah.
2: What about the first story? The- the first story. Oh, it's not a Phantom story. So uh, no, it's. We're going to review that. Okay. There's a guy yeah. in who's dressed like the Phantom. <laughs> in the in the first part, I said it had potential, and I want to sit on the fence to see where it goes. Second part, I was lost. This third part, I will admit that it took me three goes to get through it, and I skipped a lot of it. Now, in my personal opinion. It's the whole amnesia type of thing is a load of crock and it's just an excuse for filming to draw pretty girls and to have the fandom getting it on with multiple women. <laughs> um, um, and, well, he only gets it on with, and yeah, with but he gets one. On with and Saba, she looks a lot like... Saba yeah, in but... the first part. And yeah, then he gets, true. And then he gets it on with uh, Shiraz. She um, and And. And who then, both look not only... so
3: much like Diana that people can't yeah. even tell the difference when we put them up on social media trying <laughs> yeah. to get a reaction.
2: Yeah, that was a bit of you a flop. We were <laughs> looking to get a reaction. It's a bit of clickbait. And everyone I reckon people have glanced at and going, oh,
1: he's getting on with Diana. See, I told you, she would just <laughs> go on straight with the Christmas banner.
3: Yeah, we'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah we'll
1: do it. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I must admit really, really... Um, Uh, angered me. Like, I I guess I was already angry over the Phantom and his shenanigans or his midlife crisis. So I probably wasn't as angry about that as in this part as I was in the second part. But the way he killed the rhino, in my opinion, that killed a
1: rhino? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was a rhino, and, and it's interesting reading this and Lost City of Phoenix in the same... Little area because he did kill a tiger in Los, Los City of Phoenix, um, who was a wounded tiger and was attacking people. And the, the the selling point for this was that it's a wounded rhino. And was um, it
2: a wounded rhino?
3: Oh, it was certainly a dangerous rhino. He had to he had to kill it for danger reasons. It was attacking people. I'm sure that was the that was the yin. All of a sudden, that's what they had to do. Um, and it was yeah. A and it's a rhino, white rhino. And, and and the timing, the timing where they've just gone extinct in the last, or is it black rhinos? But either way, it's it's poor timing. Um, um, I didn't like extinct. it. No, it's not good.
2: I didn't like it. Um, and you know, like I can, the whole the whole thing. Yeah, you know that was created in the nineteen sixties. No, um, it wasn't. Oh, the
3: phoenix was.
2: The phoenix one, the tiger.
3: The the, the loss of phoenix was, yes. The Queen of yeah. Saba wasn't.
2: No. But that's my point that I was yeah going to make is that, you know, it, the time period back then, you know, and it was almost the last resort. Where this one it it in my opinion it didn't really seem like a last resort. You know, it you know, if he had maybe just rescued it, put it in a choker hold, knocked it out and then put it somewhere where it wasn't gonna harm people. It's probably just as unbelievable as stabbing a rhino with a knife. Oh, and it's Mate, particularly whole... graphic. Yeah. Like page whole... twenty
3: nine, when it dies, mm. he grabs the side of the neck of the rhino to avoid its heavy hooves. He then and begins, then begins, a, begins series a series of series knife, of attacks, knife attacks. attacks until the final blow fells the beast. This is across three or four panels, so he's just you get this image of the phantom on the rhino's back just stabbing and stabbing and stabbing and stabbing, and, stabbing and it's just uh,
1: that's no. not right. Yeah. All
3: right. Um.
1: So when I pick it, this up tomorrow, or Monday, I'm just giving the page just fifty-two. Just start, go straight 52. to the middle.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ah. Um, now on. What's interesting? I did like the whole flashback with the which kind of um, introduced how she came about. Because in the second part, we find that, um, you know, Shirah. Sher- how do you how
3: do you say her name? Shiraz.
1: That's a wine, dude.
3: Sherezad, I think.
2: Sherezad, you know how she you know because in the second part we did kind of get a um what do you call it a glimpse into a past and stuff and then we've kind of got more of a detail in this part but um yeah it's that was probably the one redeeming that was a redeeming part of this story and let's be honest the art, the art is amazing but the whole premise and stuff like that um, and then we have like, you know, page fourteen to what, you know, twenty two. So a whole seven pages and it's just you know it's, almost it's just off-ball. nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some,
3: you know And yeah. and some some really go to scenes um, for um, filming. So there's a I'm sure fly on the page yeah, on page twenty two the, the is that the kiss the kiss, yeah, it, that's the front cover of the uh the wedding anniversary the wedding. special, yeah um, as I say, if you'd just imagine I suppose that if you if you were to buy the original art and there was no lettering on it, it probably is going to be okay because you just go, oh, this is Diana and the phantom in a kind of a raunchy sort of a setting because she looks close enough to Diana, I suppose, but um it, even the the premise that you're talking about there about uh sherazade's history that's dodgy as as well because the the premise there is this guy who's trying to get her um yeah, he is upset he's upset because his her mother rejected him before she was even born so there's this this guy's got to be sixty to seventy. Coming up after yeah, it's, it's, I, I can't believe I'm even giving it that much credence to talk about it to that extent. Um, mm. It's 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 it's. I'm going to go. It's not even out on much of a limb, but I am going to say this is the worst phantom story I've ever read, ever.
2: Ooh. Yeah, you're not going to get much of an argument from me. Um, now, what do you think about the fact in uh, Phantoms World number six, it was advertised that we were going to get some Brazil stories, and the other thing that I'll raise and then you can kind of discuss it, Is there's no, um, it's like literally cover to cover
3: of stories, like with no editorial and that. Mm. Well, I think that, I think maybe at through they decided, look, we've got to bite the bullet and get Queen Saba finished. You can see that there's a bit of an editorial influence in this one, I think, because um, things like page two, uh, sorry, page three, where Old Moors is telling a little bit of the story, that's trying to get a bit of Phantom back into the story, um i think there's little ele- little elements where you can see i th- i suspect they've just decided you know what let's get queen of saba done and dusted and, and get it behind us um, yeah um it it's a shame I'm looking forward now to, I assume Phantoms World 8 will be the Brazilian special. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and, it, and I think it is a shame that um, we didn't get the message from the publisher or any other details, because I'd love to know more about those last three stories. We've got no idea there about when they were first published or um, what. we know they're Sparta, but we don't know the year and any of the other details of those. So it would have been interesting to see that information.
2: Now, if you were to add those in, that meant one of those stories would have had to be Miss Out. Um, and so I wonder, just a question, uh, would you prefer no editorial and an extra uh, Fratelli Sparta story, which in a sense almost saves the comic?
3: Oh, no, it, it, I'm happy that it's done. And I, mm. I'm firmly on the record that I like Felming's art, um, I'm also going to go firmly on the record that I don't like his writing, and um, yeah, that and and I'm glad that it's done and uh, we can get past it. And I think that anyone who's decided to pick up Phantom's World with issues four, five, with issue five and go, oh, what's Phantom's World all about, um, would be bitterly disappointed with Phantom's World's five, six, and seven. And um, uh, until they get to the second half of this one, and I, and I hope that it. Uh, I hope that it saves itself a little bit with uh, with the Brazilian one, yeah, well,
2: the good thing about it is that these last three stories from fifty two onwards, those three stories are probably some of the better Fratelli Sparta stories yeah. that we've actually seen.
3: yeah, I agree I agree, so it it's a shame that yeah. Let let's, I don't know, I don't, we, we've, we've said often that we're not sure what Phantom's World is all about or what the concept really is behind it. I hope that they go back to the idea of let's um, uh, Just publish old the old stuff. Stories. It's almost the opposite of what we've said with Giant Size, really. Um, we don't need to see <laughs> new stuff produced for Phantom's World, I don't think. Let's let's dip into the history and the global reach of the Phantom with Phantom's World. Mm. Rather and then, than then
2: maybe we need to get some... Um... Uh, maybe we need to get an article or something about the artist or about the yeah. publisher like Fratelli Sparta and then how yeah, they set sure. it up because um, oh, we've been – now, for anyone who follows us on Facebook, we've been doing some posts looking at some of the artists from around the world um, and we've been, like, looking at, you know, when they die, when, they, you know, when they've um, been around, who they've been working with because a lot of the Fratelli Sparta um, – Story. What i found is that they have like a like an art studio, in a sense. So they'll have like this is what filming's done as well. So you have like the head person, whose name it's under, and then he'll have like a team of five ten artists who will do all of the, you know, uh, who do a lot of the work, but it's all kind of credited to the one artist. And so you know maybe you know some articles about maybe some bit of research into who are the writers. Um, mm. you know, um, you know, how how they were instructed to uh draw like Cy Barry, you know, all that type of stuff, which we're getting in giant size, maybe we could do with a page or two of that in
3: Fans mm. World as well. And I probably at this point should say that um Steve hasn't read it, Jermaine flicked through it and um I suffered through it, but Alex who wrote a letter into the Phantoms forum in issue 1827 oh. she says or he um, Queen Saba Saga is fantastic you should make a big deal of it on your social media page kudos on commissioning these so you know there are many opinions and um, ours is mm. not the only one out there some people
2: Sorry Alex but you're wrong <laughs>
3: Anyway, I thought it was important, to, having just read that while you were talking about Heart of Darkness, mm. I had to bring that mm. back up. So. <laughs> mm.
1: Okay, Kid Phantom number six, Kids in the City. Um, yes, says,
2: believe it or not, this is our last
1: one. It is. Um, the Phantom and Garane have made it to New York, and um, well, I've read this to my youngest, Jeremy. He really, he's really enjoying this series. Mm-hmm. Um so my copy's still in the bag, and his is in the bedroom. So, I, and I, he was asleep by the time this was on. So I didn't get it out. I actually thought I had it on my desk, but no, he's still got it. Um, mm.
2: Same as so, same as with me, my my reading copy because Abby's read it. I've read it to Abby like about three or four times. Um, half the covers off it because you know she wants to read it and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So um, yeah.
1: Mm. And in, uh, it's been out for a long time, so hopefully probably a spoiler warning, I suppose. Um, oh the fireworks are back they're celebrating for Kid phantom as well um or they could be celebrating the 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 announcement of oh well, announcement's not the right word the introduction of young mandrake he's um hmm. I know we saw him in the in the supernova um magazine, but here he is in the actual kid phantom comic um Mandrake, who's been on the trail of these bad guys the the rat pack, which I thought was was good you know if, if you're familiar with the old um is it the '60s? Um, the Rat Pack with Sammy Davis yep. Jr. and and um, what's his name? Fred Astaire, uh, not Fred Astaire, Fred um, um Sinatra, Frank Sinatra. Frank
3: Sinatra, Frank, Sinatra.
1: Frank yep. Sinatra, and um, the rest of the crew. Um. But anyway, they're not actually in the story. It's the Rat Pack is in the story, and um. Uh, this is a little bit interesting about the, the main main bad guy. He's not actually wearing a mask, mm. so he doesn't seem to be wearing mm. a mask. So this could be interesting. A bit of a. It, it's happening in New York, so a, it could be, this be Splinter's evil brother or something like that? For <laughs> any <laughs> Ninja Turtle fans out there? Um, the uh, once Leave again crossover. The, the, <laughs> once again, the artwork is fantastic. You know, the the big pages like fast
2: paced, fast
1: paced. Yeah. The um, was it in Times Square? I'm pretty sure that's. I'm just assuming. Yeah, page memory. 10 yes. and 11. That, that's fantastic, and the amount of Easter eggs in there. I like, like the taxi driver one. Um, and mm. and Amanda gets a. Who's the taxi driver? Ta- the movie Taxi Driver. You talking to me? Uh, With Rob, okay. yeah. Robert. De Niro. Yeah. Yeah. You talking to me? Um. And yeah, uh, Amanda gets her um her likeness in into the comic, so that was nice. Yes,
3: from the Amanda Backey from the most popular podcast who we've uh, run into at the Leafork dinner, and um, obviously knows Paul well. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and and uh, on on on, on Prince, that page, Prince Valiant. Well, do you want to go through the uh, the Easter eggs on page ten eleven? Because I think that's where most of them have been shoehorned into. Yeah,
2: I'd, I don't think I don't think there's any like phantom ones. On that page, on those
3: pages. Uh, so quickly go
2: through some of them.
3: Okay. Well, obviously, we've uh, if we go um, bottom left-hand corner, we've got Amanda there with um, Chisel the the little um, bird. the bird, and I'm I'm saying that's Paul, Ma- uh, Dr. Paul Mason, directly behind her. Have you got it in front of you, June? Yeah. 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 yeah with the re- hat? Yep. Yeah. That that looks a lot like his hat. Um, directly above them, that's uh, got to be the end of a Ripley's Believe It or Not sign, yeah. which has got a long history of being in the Phantom Comics. Well, that's a long straw. Uh, I, I reckon it's... Well, Ripley's Believe It or Not was in the back of Phantom Comics for a long time. It, it, it might right. be coincidence. It might not be. It, um, then there's it. obviously a, a lot of 60s references. The Prince Valiant, did you mention that? Yeah.
2: So you've, um, and then you've got all the movies and stuff like that, like Adam's West and Burt Ward with the, Cowboy, yep. Looks like the cowboy one. Frank Sinatra.
3: Well, Adam Bardo West, ones. Burt Ward, Lee Merriweather, So that's a, a clearly a Batman um, reference. Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. are both up there. So you just talked about the Rat Pack and um, those guys. They're clearly there as well. Um, I, I suspect there's a really another really strong Phantom reference on that page though if we look directly under the Prince Valiant sign. I reckon that's Lee Fork. I think that's Lee Fork.
2: Yeah. Uh, maybe it is Lee Fork. I
3: reckon it is. its It's the got the cane, the hat.
2: Maybe we'll have to uh, take a photo and put it up on Facebook and see whether people think that's Lee Fork or not.
3: I don't maybe know if let that
2: anybody... Yeah. We just... let's, um, let's, let's, we'll put up a photo of that with the ones that uh, Mike Mann has just done and maybe Tony Paul, and then a picture of Lee Fork and then we'll let people see whether they think the it's The ones from the Kate uh, Falk story that you
3: just put up as well?
2: Yeah, yeah, so I reckon, I reckon we'll do that, mate. I reckon you could be on to something there. Um, so I reckon we'll, uh, we'll put that up on Facebook and we'll let uh, people and maybe even um, Paul might let us know as well
3: um and another i mean this has got to be an easter egg um on the next page actually page 12 where, um, the the number plate now i racked my brains for a long long time over this one and for people who don't have the comic in front of them the number plate is jk 1917 new york um not gonna lie i did go to the source and work find out what this easter egg was about because i didn't have a clue have you got any ideas
2: Kirby. I actually thought it was, uh, yeah, that's. I actually thought it was uh, John Kennedy, like John F. K. Okay.
3: Yep. Because
2: that was the year he was born as well.
3: Oh, was it? Yeah. Was
2: Kennedy born in seventeen? I believe so, because I actually googled it.
3: Oh, there you go. Double check. Well, that might be a happy coincidence, but uh, Stephen is right. It's Jack Kirby um, Mm -hmm. who was born in New York in nineteen seventeen, and that was the uh, that was the intent behind it. Oh no,
2: no, John F. K. Was. where was, maybe no, that's junior. Pretty sure there was. Pretty sure, yeah. John F. Kennedy was born in
1: 1917. Oh,
2: there you go. Well, that's that's but just a happy. It would concern. have been. Yeah, the initials would have been JFK. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was born in um, oh, Massachusetts, not New York. So.
3: And was he? Yeah. Um, was. Uh, Paul Mason massively influenced by the work of John F. Kennedy?
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, so your one makes more sense.
3: Um,
2: Especially oh, as I've had it up.
3: confirmed by Paul himself. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. But, well, no, because I actually asked him, I actually said, I said, I said, I know this is an Easter egg. Now, I don't think it's this one, but this fits. And he goes, oh, that's I think he used the same words as you. It's
3: just a happy coincidence. Right. <laughs> Um, so, though, Easter eggs aside, um, and, and look... Could we, you see any other Easter eggs? Paul, I know he litters them in there, and there's lots of boxing references that I, I probably don't. Um, there's a Big Ben poster, I think, um, that is almost certainly an Easter egg for, for something that I'm not, mm. not enough of a boxing fan to know about. Um, that's, prob- that's probably all the ones that I could actually find. Mm. Um, Yeah, I did
2: get told that there was one on page nine, but a a speech bubble covered it up.
3: Oh, really? Okay. um,
2: Yeah, which apparently is not the first time that a speech bubble's uh, covered up something.
3: Oh, you know what that would be? The the third panel there where Garan speaks and says probably did just the opposite. Mm. I reckon that's the crooner. Grando and yeah. Sons introducing the you can see the o o n r that's how the crooner sings actually. <laughs> Very. good. So what about the actual story?
0: Yeah.
1: Did you enjoy the story? Yeah, the actual...
2: Uh, it's probably uh, almost. I actually find it more. It's just as much fun actually looking for Easter eggs and stuff as it is actually reading the story.
1: It is. But we're running over time now. <laughs> Got to <all rain> arrange. <laughs> no, in there. look. Anyway, in terms of the story, in terms of the
3: story, um, I I really like the story. I like the introduction of young Mandrake. It's an interesting crossover. It's something that wasn't Mm. obviously covered in the um, Legend of the Phantom uh, Avon novel, which the guys have said to us, uh, that Andrew Constant has said, that is the Bible as far as he's concerned when writing this story. So obviously he's now filling in some gaps, and it's a fun gap to fill. Um, Mm. I've... Got some queries around the rat and the, the, the head mm. guy and how it's I hope this doesn't turn out to be something supernatural. I hope it's an illusion which would fit completely with um uh yeah, you know the idea of young mandrake and that sort of thing. So um we'll we'll see. Yeah, um that's but, probably uh,
2: my big concern as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. More
2: like yeah, I, 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 a Mandrake I don't want
1: a mandrake villain than a phantom villain, you reckon?
2: Yeah, I suspect Hopefully. so. Yeah.
1: Hopefully.
2: I wonder let's have
3: a cuz the the selling point really with kid phantom is that it's um you know he's going to go to america he's going to go to school he's going to be up against the bullies and all of that sort of stuff which we've read about in the in the avon novels and I'm really you know I'm, I'm enjoying this journey but I'm looking forward to him landing in um in uh clarkville and um and then settling into life there and being kid phantom with you know the 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 family that he lives with and all the rest of it so um it's an interesting little sojourn, whether it's because they're trying... I, I can't imagine that there's going to be a young man <laughs> spin-off series or anything like that, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's a fun story, and it's um, it, it'll be interesting to see where it fits in the grand continuity of things, I guess is...
2: Okay, now I'm just looking at the Mandrake wiki. It looks like... Now, I'm not sure if this is related or not, but it looks like there's actually... The Ratman is, um, is actually a story... Oh really? It's a Sunday story.
1: There
3: you go. Wow, this is going to levels we didn't um, expect. Yeah.
2: So I don't know, maybe. Maybe. So
1: further investigation here. Yes. Because
2: mm. that, that idea just literally just um Popped what you what you just said. Just like thought, oh maybe I'll do a quick search on the Mandrake wiki. Mm. Uh, so the rat the rat man is an alien race from the dining planet uh R- R- D- N- S- here. The ratmen are meat eaters and devour twice their own weight every day. They eat any kind of animal or fish, including humans. Uh, Alone among intelligent species, they also kill for pleasure. Only a few words from their language are known. Yuck, which equals no, and cracks, which equals eat. The ratmen are 500,000 years ahead of Earth science, and each handgun held by ratman is equal to the biggest H-bomb on Earth. And so it goes on a little bit. It uh, looks like they're in three stories, so there's a daily from the 70s, a Sunday from the 80s, and a Sunday from the 90s, so there's a couple of stories, and maybe, maybe you're onto something, and maybe it is uh, a bit of a nod towards the um, uh, the Mandrake universe. It
3: it wouldn't surprise me at all, knowing Andrew Constant and the, the level of research, and um, he, he's uh, in, an intelligent man, and i that would seem like too we're much We're just catching up. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're a moral throwaway moral line. Moral oh,
1: mind. maybe it's a Mandrake <laughs> villain rather than a Phantom villain. Bang, there it is. There we are. We're on to you, Andrew. Hey, you can't fool us. We're, we're on to you. A month and a half I'm after sure this. They're all, I'm sure they're
2: laughing their heads off at the moment as they listen to this as well. and go, they said, oh, they got us. Smart. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, but being Andrew, there'll be a few probably... more swear words in there. <laughs> Yeah. If, uh, well it took you yeah, yeah. long enough
1: Leep <laughs> 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 that one out of ever's doing the editing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh okay. yes that's the second time
3: you've sworn in this podcast, Stephen, so uh,
1: <laughs> Anyway, anything else about Kid Phantom?
3: Great. Oh, just that, again, I'm really loving it and um, and I'm exactly the same as you. I've stolen my kid's copy to bring down here because mine's still sealed and his is the reading copy and it's well read. He's yeah. really enjoying it. So, um, yeah. it, you know, whatever we think about it, um, as long as the kids are enjoying it, that's the main thing and uh, yeah. long may that continue. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Now, my you know, my daughter's been watching Defenders of the Earth. Her three favourite characters are Jeddah, the Phantom, and Mandrake. So she's it loving it, the fact that Mandrake's in this because it's got two of the most favourite three characters out of Defenders of the Earth. And um, for probably about two weeks, it got read every single night. I had to read it, the wife had to read it. You know, <laughs> um, probably soured my review a little bit because I'm probably a little bit over the story, to be honest, because <laughs> I've read it that many times. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, but yeah. <laughs> And there were some fun photos of my uh, kids having a bit of a read. My daughter was eating it, and <laughs> the other one was eating the fun. So, yes.
1: And now for the latest news out of Egmont, we cross to our Scandinavian
0: correspondent, Mikhail. Over to you, Mikhail. Hello, this is Mikael and this is an audio review of the latest Phantomen issue issue twenty-five, twenty-six. so it's a double issue of 2018 and it's the last issue of the year it's 100 pages long and it has three Phantom Adventures in it all of them are reprints though from 1984 produced by Tim Fantomen, and it's the first time these are in colors other than black and white it has this wonderful cover made by Henrik Solström with Phantom Riding Hero and Devil in the foreground and Goran and the Phantom Head Peak in the background. The first story, Hero, is written by Don Avnell with art by James Valve, and it was published in Fru in number 1554. The second story, Commando 11, was published twice in Fru, 887A and 1642. And the third story is Pirates of the Yellow Snakes and it has not been published in English yet. All these stories are good and so but I've read them before. They're reprints from 1984. But the coloring is very nice. I especially like the Commando 11 coloring. Uh, It looks great. But I kind of have this issue with doing reprints because they don't tell the reader that it's another age with rex is in the picture and kit and heloise is not so a new reader might not really understand what's going on here earlier we had some explanation before having these old stories but i guess they didn't want it this time but I think the most exciting thing with this issue is... In the Editor's Note by Mikael Soul He's talking about 2019 and it will have no reprints. It will only be new Phantom Adventures and... Unpublished Lee Falk stories. Unpublished in Phantomen that is. It has been published on other places of course. But first time in Phantomen. That is really awesome. And uh, next issue... Number 1 of 2019 will have a new Team Phantomen story, Erdes The Pit of Destiny. And it will also have an unpublished Lee Falk story from 1995, Phantomen Klippan's Best Star, The Beasts of Phantom Head Peak. From uh, It has been published in Fruit 1123, but never in Phantomen, so that's great. And that's all I had to say for this issue. Thank you and goodbye.
1: Thanks, Mikhail. That's great news to hear that next year you'll either have things that haven't been published overseas yet or over there in Scandinavia or brand new stories. That's great to hear. No reprints. Excellent. Enjoy. Okay. So that brings us to the end of comics. and new- We've finished our comics review. We've done our news. So um, doubtful there's going to be is, is there going to be another podcast out That We've got one in the, in the can ready to go
3: out before Christmas, or is this it? No, this, no, this it? will be it before Christmas, I reckon. Yeah, between Christmas and New Year, we've got um, a couple that we good. have already recorded that um, we might be able to put in there, but um, obviously our families want to see us over the Christmas period as well, so this will probably be the last one we'll put out before christmas and um you know then obviously we've got the best of 2018 which you've already alluded to um, which we'll get together and record early in the new
1: year now fingers crossed this is all recorded usually dan and myself both record it um that way we're covered um my recording decided to die early on so hopefully it's all good for dan oh god and hopefully no pressure <laughs> <laughs> but so merry christmas um but before we go uh Let's see what's happening on Patreon. We have the P3 Phantom Preservation Project index is now available. I think it was a Dan that did that?
3: Yeah, yeah. that was really interesting. On, to, to we've got five A4 pages of um, things that are in cool. the P3, and it's great to see that that's grown in the way that it has. Lots of really cool stuff there. So, so anyone
1: can um, access been, that that index,
3: so they can see what everyone can access the index. And in the next day or two, maybe before the podcast comes up, I'll um, do a post on that on the Chronicle Chamber website and um, that that link will be permanently up on the P3 page um, and it will be a live document from our end anyway and we'll keep adding to that. And so anytime you want to see what's there, all the new additions will be easily identifiable so you'll be able to see what's uh, what's going in and, and what's new.
1: Excellent. Talking about latest editions, we have bonus 30 minutes of conversation with Tony DePaul and Mike Manley from The End of X-Band, episode 103. You've got to listen to that. It's fantastic. Friends of the Phantom, sure. newsletter number 14, 99.94 newsletters, 7 to 12. Video of Douglas Clouber. Klu- How do you pronounce kluber Clouber drawing the Phantom. Um, and 1949 Comics Weekly Club Corner Fun Activities. Now, we have... We alluded to this earlier in the podcast, right at the start, and now we're right at the end. I said this is where it's going to come in. Um, our free Christmas gift to everyone from Chronicle Chamber with access to some P3. Okay, we're not giving you everything that's in P3. We're going to give you a bit of a taster, okay? So, our Christmas gift to all our listeners. Um, thirty. What's thirty? Phantom Walker booklet files?
3: Yeah, so there's 37 files in this particular um, Phantom Walker booklet, and uh, I had no idea what that was until I was doing the index, to be honest. And then I started looking through it. It's actually a, some curriculum documents, Steve. It's interesting for uh, designed for upper primary and lower secondary kids, and oh. it's all about um, sustainable bushwalking and that sort of thing. So walking through the bush in a way that uh, uh, there's no way it's licensed, but there's lots of really cool Phantom actually, references. Actually, no, I in think it, it is. Oh, you reckon?
2: Because I, th- I believe it is licensed. Um, Now, back in the late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s, there was the Phantom Walker, and then there was also the Wisdom of the Phantom. Um, yeah. There was the Condo Man, and there was a couple of others that were released around the t- same time uh, okay. when
3: it Australian
2: make- governments and, and uh, agencies used the Phantom uh, to encourage ie you know the Aboriginals to or you know and people to vote you know there was the there's the, the fun one with I think it was done by Antonio Lemos uh, there's you know so there's a couple there was about there's about three or four of them this is a hard one to find I, this is this is the one that's almost impossible to find um, and we've got a digital copy of it so, um, and yeah so we're going to give it away for everyone to have a bit of a look at it but it's only for uh, December. And then hmm. from about, what, halfway through January, we will yeah. be removing that um, So we are going to make sure folder, we get this uh, so.
1: podcast out quick, because it's already the 15th yes. of December. <laughs> All right. And <laughs> we've got five more things. And wait, I, I thought you must be doing this like the 12 days of Christmas. We've got five I did, yeah. <laughs> 599.94 newsletters. Four Friends of the Phantom newsletters, three Comic Weekly Club corner files, two Phantom 2040 season two episodes, and one index with well the done, best of 2018 uh, survey well coming done, soon. Mate. There oh, we I'm go. So pumped you did that. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw it list, listed down for five, four, three, two, one, I thought, "Gotta do that." I'm really keen on the the Phantom 2040 season two episodes. Um, get get around that, absolutely.
2: And we're only doing a couple, so then that way, yeah. if you want access to the rest, you those. got to uh, join up on the Patreon.
1: Yes. So the best of 2018 survey will be coming out in the very near future, probably even before this podcast has come out, maybe? Certainly
3: before Christmas, now that we've got the artwork for uh, that Christmas uh, issue. that's That was the last link in the puzzle, so we'll we'll get that out in the next couple of days. Excellent. That was, that was the last excuse for not getting it up. <laughs> Correct.
1: Now, as always, please check out our website, chroniclechamber.com, for all the latest in family news, in phantom news. Um, You can get in contact with us at chroniclechamber at gmail.com. We've got our social media. We have Facebook, Chronicle Chamber Phantom Fan Page, which often links back to... What's in the ChronicleChamber.com website. It's also an opportunity to, to communicate with us um, And us with you. We also have the Phantom Collector group as well um, We have Twitter Twitter at Chronicle Tweets and anyone who's been following that will notice that the We mentioned earlier about the Flash Gordon movie and I, I actually I don't do a lot of tweeting and I and I thought oh, I better check out the old Twitter and I saw that and I made a little comment as well um, so Hopefully K, and I saw KFS uh, replied to somebody as well so Ooh. watch this space hopefully something happens
2: yeah we were um uh i think it was retweeted and then uh kfs was um uh tagged into it and i think they i think they said i think they actually replied as well
3: so, yeah uh, they, did. they did
2: what did they say dan i can't
1: remember oh. we'll take it back to head office and we'll do something about it Watch yeah, the we'll something like that. big budget fan movie yeah. coming in 2020
3: <laughs> no, they, I don't know that they said that, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> it will put, put all the Marvel movies to shame. Um, no, 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 they didn't say that. I'm putting words in there.
3: No, no, no. Know, I'll uh, talk about other things and I'll uh, find <laughs> it pretty quickly.
1: Um, we have, of course, our Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or your favourite podcast app, for example, Podbean, Castbox.com player fm um have you found it yet dan
3: i'm scrolling it's there somewhere
1: (laughs) quick because i'm ready to say happy founding
3: oh turns out that bloody jermaine's been putting all sorts of things on twitter and people like them and retweet them and um so there's more to go through than you'd think and it was Uh, a while ago but no they didn't they just said that they they retweeted it to acknowledge that um we were out there and uh, didn't they didn't say, no, that's never going to happen. So I take that as a win.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Um, thank you for listening, Dan. And they
3: liked it. I found it. They liked it, and they retweeted it, and they said, noted, we'll pass this along to our team when we suggested we need something from the fandom. They're going to pass it along to the team. So there you go. That's a lock.
1: Yep, yeah, it's, it's in. You, you take watch it the to space. the bank. The, the, the Marvel movie's coming to, the end, coming to an end in May with the, with the um, end game for the Avengers, so uh, we, need, we need a space to fill it and the Phantom and Defenders of the we're Earth. So
2: see the, we're going to see uh, Flash Gordon first, and then there will be a snippet with uh, Defenders of the Earth, a uh, little nod, and then the next movie will be... Uh, we'll see uh, the Phantom and Mandrake, and then oh. we'll see the crossover. That's how it's going to happen.
3: From your lips to King Feature's ears.
1: That's it, that's it. <laughs> oh, okay, so, as always, fellas, it's been great. Um, anything else you'd like to yes, say before we go? No, Under thank you very much,
3: and I'm just really pumped and uh, hope that people were able to hear me this time, so fingers <laughs> crossed that the, uh, <laughs> the blowout on the microphone's helped.
2: Has <laughs> the wife seen how much she spent on it?
3: Why do you bring the edit that out, Stephen? <laughs> I think
1: the, it was twenty bucks, wasn't it? <laughs> it's twenty bucks.
2: Right, uh, uh, happy Phantoming, um, everyone, and right, right, merry Christmas. Christ.
1: Yes, may you have merry, Mar- fan- merry Phantoming, I'm going with merry. Fan- <laughs> I like it, merry Phantoming. May may all your um, presents be skull marked, but in a good way. Maybe a good mark. I should say good mark. <laughs> <laughs> right, merry Phantoming. Mary Fansman.
3: No Mary Fansman. <laughs> Can you tell this is completely unscripted? Hello? Hello? No, sorry. Danny. I uh, just muted for a second because I uh, thought you were going to prattle on for a while. So, uh, no, it <laughs> <he> promised. <laughs> 500
0: years ago. Washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad He said, I'm mad, I must eradicate Piracy, injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me So evildoers will believe that this man cannot die The Phantom, the ghost who walks The Phantom, enemies beware The Phantom's always there But you won't find the Phantom Pines.